Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Building is one that has a new concrete floor, and its doors and windows have all been blocked. Outside, there are new gas pipes. Even as we were filming, a black helicopter flew over us, observing what we were doing, which has happened many times when we have been at the facility. The gas lines and gas pipes at the facility run the length of the buildings and come out at some very, very large, brand-new furnaces that have been installed at the buildings throughout the facility. We found this crane, which has seen better days, but is plainly marked U.S. Army in the middle of the stockyard. We found other fully working military trucks and equipment here at other times. Inside the facility, we found large fenced-in areas next to the railroad tracks marked Green Zone and Blue Zone, suitable for holding a lot of people. Many of the old warehouse buildings have had new concrete floors put into them. Unused sections of railroad track have been dug up and replaced, and from the supplies in the stockyards, it is obvious they will be doing even more construction and fencing. Senator Luger of Indiana recently obtained more federal funding to renovate this facility, which is supposedly only for the repair of broken trains and where most of the buildings on the property haven't been used for years. It certainly appears they are expecting more than just broken trains. Studies have shown that the farm soil we get our vegetables from is dead meaning it is depleted of minerals. Sulfur is a mineral. Sulfur has been depleted from the soil, which means most people have been depleted of sulfur. Sulfur has been found to transport oxygen throughout the body. You need oxygen. You need organic sulfur. American Voice Radio Network has organic sulfur. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com and then to the Superstore to order your organic sulfur. It's your choice. Do you want to feel better or not? Don't forget to tune in to the Sulphur Hour Plus One on AmericanVoiceRadio.com, Thursdays, 6 p.m. Pacific.
you know, I, I mean, I, I, I wanted to get fit. I wanted to lose weight. I wanted to keep it off. And I wanted to be healthy. The problem was when I followed strictly that mentality, it kept me in this weird loop of a roller coaster ride, putting on a few pounds, taking a few pounds off. You know, I, it, it, it got me confused. And I realized that our bodies are able to endure so much. But basically, we tax them with ingredients that have only been invented to improve the production of processed foods and profits and not our health. And as a result, our bodies suffer. And because these ingredients can not only affect our outward appearance, but how we feel. And my body was in this ride for quite a while before I started to understand that I had to learn what those ingredients were and what they meant. So in doing this research for 40, some like 40 years, there's so many bad ingredients, but there's one that needs to be brought out because it's hidden really well. And it's the trans fats that are hidden. And they're in most processed ingredients. Now, we know that we've heard that the FDA finally banned partially hydrogenated oils. Yeah, that's a given. From our, you know, they banned them from our food, and that's, that's going to take place probably in a year or two. And this is a really good step in the right direction, although it's taken a long time coming because the consumption of artificial trans fats is strongly correlated with an increased risk of type 2 diabetes and heart disease and has been shown to lower the good cholesterol and raids the bad cholesterol levels for quite some time. So the CDC, the Centers for Deceit Control and Procrastination, they've linked this to an increase in the death rate. But the Institute of Medicine says that trans fats have no known health benefit, and there's no safe level to eat. Well, if it doesn't have a safe level, why has it been allowed to be in our food in the first place, right? So even though the FDA, the Fraud and Drug Administration, banned partially hydrogenated oils, they didn't really address the other artificial additives in our food that also contain these heart-wrecking artificial trans fats. So according to the EWG environmental group, right, some refined oils, emulsifiers, flavors, and colors 
can also contain trace amounts of trans fat, but they don't have to be labeled as such and will not be removed from our food. Well, there's this very common emulsifier that's in processed foods, and it's one of those hidden sources of trans fats, and it's possible that you've heard about it. Now, if you're diligent about reading ingredients like I am, I guarantee you that you've seen this ingredient on the label and probably wonder, what the hell is this, really? So it's usually labeled as mono and diglycerides of fatty acids or monoglycerides or diglycerides on the ingredient list. This is one of the most widely used emulsifier that helps keep oil and fat from separating. So the additive is a byproduct of the oil processing situation. It includes partially hydrogenated canola and soybean oils, which contain this artificial trans fat that is so detrimental to your health. And even though mono and diglycerides may contain trans fat, they are not required to be labeled as trans fats on the food packages and can even be in food labeled no trans fat. So the FDA labeling regulation on trans fat not only applies to triglycerides and not to emulsifiers like mono and diglycerides. So according to nutritional researchers, mono and diglycerides are usually byproducts of fats and oils processed such as partial hydrogenation and various forms of extraction and interestification processes. And even though they do have some caloric value, they are not counted as fat. And the fatty acids are not identified as having a particular composition. So if there are fatty acids with trans bonds, they are not likely to be identified as such, nor would they be identified as any particular fatty acid. So as the public becomes more aware of the dangers of trans fats, the industry will be tempted to add more monoglycerides and diglycerides containing trans fats in order to obtain the qualities they want in a food without having to list trans fats on the label. Okay, so we know for sure that mono and diglycerides are in a lot of foods that are labeled no trans fats, zero grams of trans fats, like Crisco shortening, like uh, France, uh, New York uh, bagel boys, bagels, and I can't believe it, it's not butter light version. I'm not sure how many trans fats are in those products. 
based on them containing this ingredient, but I would definitely leave them on the shelf and not put them in my bag. So the food companies are looking for cheap replacements to partially hydrogenated oils. So will they be using more monoglycerides than diglycerides? I don't know. But to really avoid artificial trans fat, keep in mind that the no trans fat label just means that the product contains less than 0.5 grams of trans fats per serving from partially hydrogenated oils while still allowed in the food, but they could still contain additional trans fat from hidden sources like mono and diglycerides. So if you eat anything processed, tortillas, bread, ice cream, monoglycerides and diglycerides are virtually impossible to avoid. So I went into this, you know, conventional grocery store near where I live to take a look at the labels, you know, that may, that the, most of the population buys to just see what was in them. And I was really shocked at what I found. So as I'm walking up and down the aisles looking for this ingredient, I mean, it blew my mind. It was, it was in just about everything. Okay. Not really everything, but products like bread and tortillas and cakes and donuts and nut butters and non-dairy creamers and margarine and ice cream. I mean, it's like, are you kidding me? Why would people do this? Why would they hide all these things? Well, because they make money. And they don't care if you're well. They don't care if anything. You know, and, and, and they use this stuff to keep it from melting quicker. I mean, I'd rather have ice cream. Can you imagine ice cream that doesn't melt? Seriously. No, I'm not making this up. I mean, well, I'll get to that in a minute. But all this, this trans fat crap is used to increase shelf life of baked goods like breads, cakes, and dough and make them softer without adding butter, which makes it more expensive. Then you find cheap peanut butters and margarines, you know, especially the brands that use partially hydrogenated oils. So now, getting back to some of the ice cream sandwiches that don't melt, Walmart had ice cream sandwiches that would not melt in 80-degree weather. Are you kidding me? Can you imagine an ice cream sandwich that doesn't melt in 80 degrees? Well, why would that happen? Well, the additives, like mono and diglycerides, can be added along with other emulsifiers to make low-fat ice cream taste creamier and keep it from melting quickly. I mean, come on, man. I'd rather have ice cream that would melt, even though I don't eat dairy ice cream, but I do eat soy ice cream. That it's, you know, it, instead of chemically uh, additive-filled ice cream that's been designed to stay frozen longer, 
Wouldn't you prefer something that would melt normally? And then you're going to have a hard time getting away from this ingredient if you're still dining at the mainstream restaurants. Really. This ingredient was added to Olive Garden's famous breadsticks and the complimentary bread that's left on your table at Cheesecake Factory. It's in most every menu item at McDonald's, which contains mono and diglycerides, because it's in their buns. And now there are artesian buns, their shakes, their ice creams, their frappes, their biscuits, and their liquid margarine that's used to cook their eggs contains the mono and the diglycerides. You could be eating this stuff at Burger King and their buns and chicken fries and ice cream and croissants. You could be eating it at Wendy's and their frosty, their tortillas and their buns. You could eat it at TCB by frozen yogurt and chick filet and their white buns, milkshakes, and frosted lemonades. Well, like a restaurant like Panera removed the mono and the diglycerides, but most restaurants still use them in their foods. So why, why wouldn't they? It's cheap. It makes the food last longer, and the restaurants are not required. That's the good part. The restaurants are not required to tell you what the ingredients are in their food if they don't want to. So how much of this crap are we really consuming? I mean, I'm not consuming it, okay? But there's something that each and every one of us has to deal with on our own. Now, this additive is usually added in small amounts of food, but it's added to so much of it. And do we really know how much the typical American is eating? I mean, anyone who's still eating out at conventional restaurants, buying packaged bread, buying tortillas, cheap peanut butter, margarines, and ice cream, you could be eating several doses of this, doses of this stuff every single day. So I contacted this food scientist at Penn State to try to comment on the safety of the ingredient. And unfortunately, there have not been many studies conducted on the level of trans fats that are present for anyone to find, which begs the question, then why are we still eating an invented chemical that hasn't been proven safe anyway? So you have to be vigilant about in reading ingredient labels. And if you do not understand why an ingredient is there to improve your health, give it a miss, man. Really. And if you know someone who might be eating mono and diglycerides, you got to tell them because the only thing that it's going to do is it's going to increase their health by eliminating the product. But people don't know because, hey, you walk into a food store. How can anything be bad in the food store? So the other day I was kind of shocked. There was this uh, 
This guy, his name is Bill Nye, he's the science guy, who once questioned genetically modified foods and urged against them. Well, after a, a meeting with the, uh, the world popular Monsanto, this guy announced that he was going to update the chapter about GMOs in his book. And the book he wrote was Undeniable Evolution and the Science of Creation. So anyway, he went to Monsanto. He spent a lot of time with the scientists there. And now he's very excited about the world. Then there was the discovery of a Monsanto ad in O, which is Oprah's magazine. And very instant, very interestingly nestled among the pages about how to live your best life and surround yourself with happiness. There was an ad for Monsanto depicting a smiling family serving a salad in the kitchen. So it led me to think, is Natural Geographic jumping on the Monsanto propaganda bandwagon? So given this disturbing trend in which those who once stood against unhealthy food and practices now demonstrates that they're on the board with such evil, is it any surprise? that the people at Natural Geographic could be following suit. So there was this interview in which one of their writers, Simon Worrell, interviewed Stephen Drucker, the author of Altered Genes, Twisted Truth. Now, i got to tell you, this book is thick, and it is so full of stuff, it'll blow your mind. So while Drucker brings the genetically modified food deception to complete light in his book, every one of Worrell's questions seemed in an attempt to steer him towards talking about how gene altering really isn't so bad. So the question rises, is there more to it? Could it be that National Geographic which is often filled with these glorious images that showcase Earth's incredible splendor. Could it be that now they got ties to Monsanto? So linking someone with such an impressive title, like this this guy James Watson, the co-discoverer of DNA, called The Dangers Imputed to GMO an Imaginary Monster. I mean, this guy who discovered DNA to think that GMO supporting is a transparent move designed to make people think, gee, if such an important ingredient said that, well, it must carry really, you know, substantial weight. Are you? So the question that He's right, isn't he? Is perhaps the worrisome part. Why would an interviewer ask such a loaded question? I mean, journalistic and author objectivity went by the wayside in that question, and it reflects very poorly on the magazine. So when you link well-known people with the notion 
that genetically modified foods are just fine. It happens in, uh, happening again and again and again. So when, when Warhol asks the father of modern genetics, Gregor Mendel, about altering the genetic makeup of peas by crossbreeding, is the guy drunk? In what way is genetic engineering different from that? It's, it's as if to say that the man we all read about in school, the father of modern genetics, was dabbing in GMOs, and that's what's being done today, is merely an extension of such greatness. Well, Drucker says no. Drucker says what Mendel was doing was traditional crossbreeding and not altering genes. So nature is set up to encourage genetic diversity and change combinations of genes. But what the genetic engineers are doing is radically restructuring the makeup of the genes and the DNA, which is something that is totally unprecedented. So every single question from this guy Warhol ends up with another one that attempts to rhetorically answer it. It's as if the guy is trying to move the conversation towards a pro-GMO standpoint, but Drucker consistently defends his stance by saying how these foreign genes are now contained in most of the plants on the market and those in the entire United States. <clears throat> on top of that, the lamestream media has never reported the controversy fairly. So they've almost always presented the pro-GMO side. And as a result, we, the American public, have been systematically deceived. Still, Warhol persists by saying you repeatedly say how dangerous GMOs are. Well, the only known outbreak of a mass infection occurred in Japan in the late 80s in connection with the health health supplement L um, tryptophan and he begins in yet another question and later in the interview he alludes to much what's happening as extreme cases or ones that are beneficial because they boosted farm income in South Africa you know it's like are you are you kidding me but thankfully Drucker stood his ground and continually responded in ways that supported the views presented in his book. Nevertheless, Warhol's questions were concerning, and given his relentless attempts to diminish genetically modified foods' detrimental impact, would it really be surprising to eventually learn that there are ties between National Geographic and Monsanto? I mean, it's like, you know, in God we trust, all of us pay cash. Now there's, this is very interesting. The New York Times recently had an article that Monsanto, in their attempt to prove that GMOs are safe to eat, are associating with scientists and nutritionists and uh, um, all kinds of uh, professionals to do independent research. Okay. Okay, that sounds really good on paper, man. But 
If they don't include a report by Eric Giles Serolini from France, who, without even thinking about it, without even looking for it, found that the glyphosate, which is in the Roundup, which is used to spray on the GMOs to kill all the weeds, uh, produced cancer tumors in rats that were the size of golf balls. And that came because his study took three years. Monsanto's studies take three weeks. Now, if they don't include reports by Dr. Stephanie Seneff from MIT, Massachusetts Institute of Technology, who drew the link and saw the correlation between autism and glyphosate, or Jeffrey Smith from, um, um, I, God, what's, what's the name of his website? Uh, it's, the guy's been doing this for at least 15 years and has got so much, so much to report about the dangers of GMOs. Institute for Responsible Technology, that's his website, that if, if Monsanto doesn't include these kind of reports, they're just paying people off to sell their food and making people believe that it's okay. That's what you're up against. So what they found is the scientists out of Europe, they've conducted this thorough review of the safety profile of glyphosate, which is the active ingredient of Monsanto's Roundup. Okay, we know that. And they tried to determine what the chemical that they tried to determine if the chemical disrupts human hormones, and if so, at levels.
But so, you know, I love I love electronics. <laughs> They're good while they work, and they really suck when they crap out, and that's what happens. So we were talking about how Monsanto's herbicide um, Roundup, the glyphosate, disrupts hormones. Okay, and what they found that the glyphosate-based herbicides, the scientists out of Europe, are erroneously regarded as a non-issue by the government bodies that have established safety regulations based on industry-backed studies. You got that, right? So the industry creates the studies, and they say everything's good, and they say, oh, okay, nearly all of which are favorable towards glyphosate. So meanwhile, the independent reviews, like those considered by the International Agency for Research on Cancer, found that glyphosate is probably carcinogenic to humans, and it's being ignored. Now, why would it say probably carcinogenic? Because if, if you're eating a kind of food and you're not eating only GMOs, and you get cancer, how can you blame it solely on the GMOs? So probably is the word that kind of lets you get out the door in case, you know, you got a problem. And then, like I was talking about the University of Cannes in France with Eric Giles-Cerolini, well, that research team, they looked at a whole mess of scientific studies on glyphosate toxicity, and they evaluated the chemical potential to cause birth defects, tumors, liver damage, and cancer. And they did a whole mess of scientific research to back that up. But most shockingly, they discovered that glyphosate is immensely toxic at all levels well within the established safety ranges, which is deeply concerning in light of independent tests showing glyphosate residues in food, drinking water, and rainwater. Now, would you believe or would you think this is particularly concerning when it comes to the endocrine system, which is what regulates human hormone production? So there was a doctor, her name was Robin Mesnage, Mesnage or whatever, however you pronounce it, and her team discovered that even low-dose exposure to glyphosate can trigger severe endocrine damage, and endocrine disruption can lead to a host of other health problems, including cancer. So believe it or not, the U.S. Congress actually ordered the Environmental Protection Agency to conduct an investigation into the endocrine-disrupting chemicals like glyphosate nearly 20 years ago. <laughs> but as of today, the Environmental Pollution Agency has yet to follow through with that legal mandate, instead allowing glyphosate use to increase. So the regulatory authorities in the European Union, they have also betrayed their constituents, failing to take seriously 
the threat of the endocrine-disrupting chemicals. And the former European um, Union chief scientific advisor, Ann Glover, reported that helped del- that that delayed the uh, registration uh, that would have uh, refined or reined in the use of uh, endocrine-disrupting chemicals, which wreaks havoc on the public health. So it's not just glyphosate. The Roundup formula contains another, uh, a bunch of other pesticides that the University of Cannes paper, which was published in the uh, some journal for food and chemical tox- toxicology, refers to as adjuvants that amplify the harm caused by glyphosate. But let me just tell you, the Seralini report appeared in the Food and Chemical Toxicology uh, Journal. Monsanto hired a guy to review all the reports that went into the journal. The first report that the guy eliminated was the Seralini report. But then 400 independent scientists got really ticked off. And they wrote letters to Food and Chemical Toxicology backing up Seralini, and they had to put it back in the journal. There have never been, other than Seralini's, long-scale, long-term safety studies on the complete Roundup formula conducted. Even the effects of exposure to glyphosate by itself has never been tested over the entire lifespan of either animals or humans. And just like genetically modified organisms, industry studies on glyphosate focus solely on young animals exposed to the chemical for a very short period of time, after which those animals are terminated early in order to hide the long-term effects of glyphosate exposure. Toxic effects of chemical formulation can also be explained by the glyphosate adjuvants, which have their own toxicity, but also enhance glyphosate toxicity. And the paper explains that. And the challenge, these, these challenges that the assumption of safety of the glyphosate at the levels at which they contaminate food in the environment is it falls way below regulatory thresholds. So you gotta understand what's going on here, man. Money is going on. You ain't got the money, too bad. You got the money, you pay whatever you want. Now once upon a time people have planted seeds and work with the land answered only to the laws of nature, right? The farmers were free. They kept the seeds from each year's harvest so they could plant them again next season. No permission was required to plant every year. Chemical herbicides were not needed to grow the seed because the seed was not engineered with herbicide-resistant traits. But, he says with a straight face, under corporate farming, the exact opposite is true. Farmers 
are now indebted, beholden to corporations like Monsanto. Why? The farmers have to pay Monsanto every year to use their genetically modified seeds. The scientists working for Monsanto edit the genome of the seeds to give the seeds unique traits like herbicide resistance. Then the seed technology is patented, giving Monsanto the authority over nature and control over agriculture. So the genetically modified seed, which is subsidized by the government, quickly becomes the farmer's most efficient crop to plant. Sounds good, right? In the aftermath, diverse small farms that pay attention to soil quality and plant health fade away to the large pesticide-modulated farming operations that are only concerned with increasing yields. And these operations focus solely on singular crops while destroying the natural environment with herbicides that affect the health of the pollinators like the bees and diversity in the field. So this control over nature forces farmers in this cycle of paying Monsanto yearly for their patented genetically modified seeds. So the Roundup Ready seeds ensure Monsanto's dominance, it bolsters the corporate monopoly over both the genetically modified seed and the herbicide that is used specifically for the seeds edited genome. And as Monsanto's GMO seed patents start to expire, people are starting to wonder if the fire farmers will free themselves from the Monsanto monopoly that's reigning over them. So as the Monsanto patents expire, generic forms of genetically modified soybean seed that cost half as much as Monsanto's have become available. And these generic brands might allow farmers to save their own seeds and not need permission to grow crops year after year. In the pharmaceutical world, when the drug patents lift, a company reformulates the drug, usually using a new release mechanism. Generic, cheaper versions of the same drug rush in to fill the void, cutting away at the monopoly of the original patented drug. So if the same thing happens in agriculture, Monsanto could hopefully lose its dominance. But experts believe this ain't likely to happen because the seed market differs immensely from the drug market. Farmers don't buy seeds in the same way that people buy drugs. So if you see TV ads for drugs, they don't say much about the medication. They're just happy people dancing and doing fun things. And those type of ads are probably not going this way farmers. Seeds are the core to the farmer's business. So if the farmer is more apt to look at the hard numbers 
rather than be swayed in advertisement, and the hard numbers are in Monsanto's favor because the corporation arranges their patent process to be a step ahead of the competition at all times, they are still going to swim in deep doo-doo, man. So Monsanto carefully prepares for the special moment when their patents expire. All they have to do is modify the same gene, but do it in a different part of the genome. For example, Monsanto reformulated their Roundup Ready soybeans years ago and released them with the Genuity Roundup Ready 2 yield trait, giving the crops more resistance than the generics waiting to flood the market. So the generics that come to market when the Monsanto patent expires do not compare in terms of herbicide resistance. The farmers, then, are trapped in Monsanto's never-ending game of reformulated genome editing and patent control cycle. And by the time the generics get a chance to come to the market, the technology is outdated. And this is old technology, and everybody's looking for new technology. Right? Wouldn't wouldn't you think that a soybean breeder would say this? Someone who developed and commercialized one of the first generic Roundup Ready soybean seeds. Hey, when when the iPhone seven comes out, no one's going to want to stick with the iPhone six. So when the Roundup Ready two patents expire, hey, no worries. Monsanto will just take control again. In two six in two thousand sixteen. Monsanto will patent a soybean trait that is resistant to two different herbicides. Then their dominance continues until humanity comes to the collective realization that nature cannot be controlled and its spirit cannot be owned. So the point is, do you want to continue to be controlled by GMOs? that'll keep you sick and pharmaceuticals that treat a symptom or would you like to be free from that? That is something you got to answer. I answered that question for myself 40 years ago and I don't eat GMOs and that's why I read labels and I don't eat MSG and I don't eat trans fats and I don't eat anything that I can't Pronounce, and I don't eat a product that's got two inches of ingredients in it with chemical names that I have no freaking idea what they're talking about. So what's happening? Is, is the government on our side? Will the government help us? Well, I don't know about that because there's this, this piece of legislation that will endanger us by giving the pharmaceutical a more streamlined, the pharmaceutical industry a more streamlined, quicker drug approval process that will no doubt lead to dangerous medications being marketed and sold before adequate testing has passed a major milestone. This is what's happening. This, this, there's the House Energy Commerce Committee has approved 
a unanimous 51 to 0 vote. The 21st Century Cures Act. Can you believe that one? That the, that, that accelerates the discovery, development, and delivery of life-saving and life-improving therapy and transforms the quest for faster cures. What does that mean? Well, it would remove barriers to increase research collaboration. It would modernize clinical trials. It would remove regulatory uncertainty for the development of new medical apps. And it would provide new incentives for the development of drugs for rare diseases. So what they're saying is this nonpartisan legislation is a product of more than a year of working with patients, advocates, researchers, innovators, healthcare professionals to bring our nation's laws up to speed with advances in medicine and technology. What, what does that mean? So there were a couple of activists and a former commissioner of the Fraud and Drug Administration that are skeptical. And in an editorial in the New York Times, a couple of activists that were former members of the ACT UP, uh, New York and former FDA Commissioner David Kessler, they're urging Congress to keep the current FDA approval process, approval process as it is. And the, the, these guys based their argument in the AIDS epidemic of the 80s, in which several lawmakers and policymakers urged quicker FDA approval of drugs aimed at fighting HIV, even if they had been not properly tested. So during the AIDS epidemic, groups like ACT UP, AIDS Coalition to Unleash Power, were frustrated by the FDA because they believed the FDA's drug approval process was too slow and overly bureaucratic. So the agencies seemed indifferent to the suffering of thousands, including some of the most vulnerable in our society, which were gay men, minorities, drug users, users and infants. So, I mean, so what they wrote was, that's what they wrote. So prompted by organizations like ACT UP and others, the FDA began to work more closely with groups to speed drugs to the market. I mean, it's like, even though the experimental medications were reaching the patients faster, right, these new FDA procedures maintain the essential responsibility drug companies have to patients and the American public. They would still have to show that the new drugs were safe and effective and under the usual criteria. So in the end, the FDA actually became the fastest agency of its kind in the world, approving new medications much more quickly than the European or Asian counterparts. And today the agency has introduced more mechanisms such as fast-track and breakthrough drug designations that are increasingly being used to speed life-saving new treatments to market. Okay, you know, yeah, it's, do you really want to spend your life really and truly, do you want to really spend your life doing drugs? I'm, 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 I'm serious. 
I mean, that's up to you. Why? I mean, you got a symptom. You got a headache. Okay, you got a headache. You go take an aspirin. You know, you take an Advil, or you take an Aleve, or whatever. Okay, once in a while, no problem. You get type two diabetes. Oh my God, you got to take so many drugs, man. You got real problems. Aspirin ain't going to help with that one. You got to go see your doctor. He's going to prescribe a drug for you. You got to take it for the rest of your life to keep your type 2 diabetes in check. So how come your doctor doesn't tell you that type 2 diabetes is a fat disease? And if you eliminate all fat from your diet, type 2 diabetes clears up within a month. How come he doesn't tell you that? And then if you say to him, well, what, what do you mean fat, doc? They'll say, oh, 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 you just got to be careful about the oils. Oils? You mean all the oils that you use for cooking? Well, what about the fat that you get in all flesh foods? What about the fat that you get in all dairy products? What about the fat that you get in eggs? That's fat. That's all fat. You want to reverse type 2 diabetes, you got a choice. You can reverse type 2 diabetes or you can continue to take drugs. If you want to reverse type 2 diabetes, you go on a plant-based diet, short and sweet. You eat vegetables, mostly raw if you can, lightly steamed. You don't overcook them. You don't. You, in fact, you don't cook them. If you want to do stir-fries, you use water. You don't use oil. We're not using fats now. And then you can make buckwheat and you can make quinoa. Buckwheat is the seed. Quinoa is a complete protein. They're really good. They're not contaminated like a lot of other grains that we think are really good for us. And then you eat a lot of fruits. And you drink smoothies. And you eat salads. And you try to go as organic as possible. People say, I can't go organic. It's too expensive. Hey, why don't you take the money that you're using to buy your drugs with to contain your type 2 diabetes and spend it on food so now you can use that food, that money, to buy food instead of buying drugs. And then you go see your doctor once every two or three years instead of once a month. I mean, it's not rocket science. The problem is people have acquired a taste for flesh and blood. And when you try to get away from that, the tongue has a real problem and the tongue wages war against the intelligence. So the intelligence becomes the whipping boy and the tongue takes control. But what the tongue doesn't know, but the intelligence does, even though it's suppressed, that if the tongue can endure this dietary change for, say, three weeks, then the tongue acquires a new taste. And now the tongue and the intelligence are in harmony together. I mean, wouldn't wouldn't you love 
to not have any health problems. Look, look, okay, we all get old, and with age comes restrictions, which I'm finding out on a daily basis. Years ago, I used to do so many sports in high school and college, and after college, I was in county touch football leagues and county softball leagues and county basketball leagues. I would swim all the time and I would hike and, and, you know, but as I get older, I get a little slower. And when I could hit a softball 300 feet, I'm lucky now if I can hit a line drive to the outfield. Okay. This is what time does, but I'm still out there doing it. And I don't take any meds. And I see my doctor maybe, uh, I don't know, once every three years just to get a physical. If I can do it, I ain't nobody special. If I can do it, anybody can do it. It's really not rocket science. You just have to wage war with your mind and your tongue. Now, we know, we know that there's things out there that are good for us. We know that without a shadow of a doubt. Things are good. So, what do we do naturally to make it so that we can be healthy. Well, you've heard a lot about organic sulfur. That reverses just about every illness you can imagine. Seriously, it's unbelievable. Then there's superfoods out there. You can go to a website called Dr. Schultz. He's got webs. He's got superfoods. I've come across three that are the most amazing. One is called Zeal. That's got 30 superfoods. One is called Shakeology. That's got 42 superfoods. And then I found this bee pollen that is unfreaking believable. It's the only plant-based food that contains all the B vitamins, including vitamin B12. If you go to my website, which is com. you look under products, you read about this. I'm just telling you things that are out there. I never knew about this stuff when I went through the dietary store that I went through in 1975. But every day is a learning experience. And not everybody knows everything. So if you understand that every day is a learning experience, then you realize if something new comes up, read about it, learn about it, try it. If it works, it works. If it doesn't work, you go to something else. But to spend your life under medical care and pharmaceutical drugs and encumbered by, by symptoms that are being treated and never causes, that, that's not right. Something you can do about getting older. Everybody gets old, man. It's given. Everybody dies. That's given. You just don't know when, where, how, but you know it's going to happen. 
but why can't you be as healthy as you can be until that happens? Maybe we'll enjoy life, eat good food, become active, and then, I mean, don't don't accept the fact that because you're a man die in the center corner, watch TV and eat popcorn all day. It doesn't work that way. Anyways, I'm just trying to help. If you also check out, you can do it on a website. Just put in A Sane Diet for an Insane World. That's the book that I wrote. If you can find out how a sane diet for an insane world, you will learn why you need to avoid the stamped American diet. And once you have collection, then it's on you. That's it. It's on you. What you do is on you. And I wish you the best of health. We're running out of time here. Short character doing his thing. And uh, I'm going to go. And I'll catch you guys all next week. Aloha. American Voice Radio Network is heard on Galaxy 19 at 97 degrees west, transponder 23, frequency 12115, audio PID 2595. AVR is heard on the left side audio channel, and AVR2 is heard on the right side audio channel. Remember, both AVR and AVR2 are on Galaxy 19. Same network, double the choices. have shown that the farm soil we get our vegetables from is dead, meaning it is depleted of minerals. Sulfur is a mineral. Sulfur has been depleted from the soil, which means most people have been depleted of sulfur. Sulfur has been found to transport oxygen throughout the body. You need oxygen. You need organic sulfur. American Voice Radio Network has organic sulfur. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com and then to the Superstore to order your organic sulfur. It's your choice. Do you want to feel better or not? Don't forget to tune in to the Sulfur Hour Plus One on AmericanVoiceRadio.com, Thursdays, 6 p.m. Pacific. foreclosed, unemployment insurance running out, jobs leaving the country. Many people cannot afford to eat or keep a roof over their head. Too many can do neither. Messiah's Branch has a mission church in Wichita, Kansas that helps the victims of this banker's economy, the American people, your neighbors. The mission is the last hope for so many Americans. We need your help to lift up the poorest of the poor. These are men, women, and children who once had homes now in the street. 
they all need what you need. First aid, beds, food, clothing, and so on. You can send a monetary gift or a box of necessities to 230 West 4th Street, Florence, Kansas, 66851. Or donate online by going to wichitahomeless.com. Or simply call 316-619-4886. Since the beginning of the United States, kings have sought it, nations have fought for it. It has been traded, borrowed, purchased, and stolen. There is a reason for it. To secure the blessings of liberty to ourselves and our posterity, invest with the security of gold and silver. Call Discount Gold and Silver Trading at 1-800-375-4188. That's 1-800-375-4188. Listen to Financial Survival with your host, Melody Cedarstrom, on American Voice Radio Network and Shortwave Radio. Visit DiscountGoldAndSilverTrading.net or call 1-800-375-4188. That's 1-800-375-4188. For the very best in gold and silver trading, call toll-free 1-800-375-4188. That's 1-800-375-4188. Call now.
All right, good afternoon all. This is the Frank Report. I'm your host, Francis Stephan. You're listening right here on American Voice Radio Network. It is about nine minutes after noon Pacific time. It is September 8th, 2015. It's Tuesday, and uh, it is Tuesday. And uh, if uh, all that works out where you're at, we are, in fact, live. And uh, you can call in 800-932-1980. 800-932-1980. And uh, you can also participate by going to the chat room, which is located at our website, theamericanvoice.com or americanvoiceradio.com. You'll see the chat link. Just click on it. Go on in there. You can chat with the other folks and uh, participate that way. Or not, you can just chat with them in there and uh, talk about whatever you want. But you can also contact me directly through Yahoo Instant Messenger. My screen name is AVRN Talk. Okay, so those are pretty much the ways to uh, contact, get in touch, participate in the show. It is Tuesday, and that means we got Al from Colorado. Welcome back, Al. Yes, we got good news, Frank. Bernie is beating the you-know-what, the snot out of Hitlery in New Hampshire. Isn't that wonderful? Ah, but Joe Biden is going to join us. Oh, yes, Broadway Joe, Delaware, Maryland Joe is on the trail to... I still think that Donald can beat both of them. Third time must uh, he must think is going to be the charm, huh? Yeah. You really yeah. got to wonder, though, who Hillary Clinton pissed off in the Democratic machine because, uh, you know, between Bernie Sanders and now Joe Biden, you know he didn't just wake up one morning and say, you know, I think I'll run for office. He was told, yeah. listen, Joe, well, we need I... you to come in here and do this one more time for us. Hitlery is damaged goods, and eventually Benghazi and the emails are going to catch up with her. They've got to. It's just uh, they just can't. Uh, people need to start hammering the uh, the mainstream media and saying, "How come Hitlery's getting away with all this?" Yeah, well, and and you know, they need to just keep hammering the mainstream media. Everybody just needs to be calling ABC, NBC, CBS, and say, "Why aren't you telling the truth about Hitlery?" And well, and, and they also need to tell them. If you don't, I'll stop watching you, which means I'll yeah. stop watching your advertising. Well, boycott you. Yeah, it's called a boycott, isn't yeah. it? And I won't be I won't be seeing any of your advertisers' ads. Yeah, and I won't be buying any of your advertisers' products. Oh, yeah, there's that too. Yeah. Do yeah. That. You know, that's what really works. And just saying it doesn't isn't enough. You got to yeah. do it. Yeah, uh, words, uh, words, uh, uh, walk the walk or talk the talk. You know, which one are you going to do? And it's really, really, honestly, folks, if you're trying to live a better life, and, you know, not perfect, but just better, uh, it's not going to be that hard for you because most of what they advertise on them is crap. I don't buy anything I see. Uh, not even on the way. Once in a blue moon, if I see something on the internet that I like, I might buy it. But nothing. I don't have an idiot box to watch. Yeah, so. me either. And it's got to be something I actually need. And you know these yeah, guys. Yeah, want or need. Yeah, if you want it or need it, you don't buy it if you don't want it or need it. You know, there is a uh, uh, there's a a flaw in the internet advertising idea because I notice. Like, when I go to, say, a new egg or or any, you know, eBay or whatever, and I buy something, right? Yeah. Next thing I know, 
all the ads on my Yahoo Mail and everything else are all about what I just bought, right? Yeah, well, you just got it, so you don't need them. I know, uh, it's like you. you're advertising me something I just bought. Okay, I I don't I, use eBay at all either. I don't use uh, eBay or what's the other one, PayPal or none of that garbage. You know, well, I do. I use all that, but you know, I use that far more than I used to, and I use it far more than well, I use it about fifty fifty because I got you know, there's some things like okay, I need you know lumber and hardware. I can't get that. Yeah, you know, I got to go down the, the hardware store, but. Yeah. Thing is, uh, I buy a lot of stuff on uh, eBay and e- Newegg and Amazon. Uh-huh. Well, not so much Amazon, but well, I look yeah. for the best price, Al. And uh, you know, they yeah, they seem to compete. Al, you know what? What I found about yeah. eBay, which I don't quite understand. Mm-hmm. So let's say you got a website, Al, and you you sell widgets, right? Yeah. And, and it's Al's Widgets website, and I go to Al's Widgets website, and he says, hey, I've got widgets here for sale for a buck a piece, right? Well, okay. Uh-huh. So I go to eBay, and Al has an eBay account set up. All right? Al has got a eBay store. It's Al's Widget mm-hmm. eBay store. But on okay. eBay, he's selling widgets for $0.80 cents a piece. Huh. That don't make any sense at all. But everybody's Which one are you going to buy, Frank? Gee whiz. Yeah, but everybody's doing that, Al. They all these well, businesses. Well, that's kind of stupid, though. I mean, sell it for one price, you can have a store. Okay, you got uh, Frank's Widget Store, Al's Widget Store. So sell it all for the same price, Frank. Well, or that's if anything, deal. you know, you would you would think that you would always want people to be able to get the cheapest price at your website. But right. No. Well, then you yeah. Well, then what you do on uh, Frank's Widget website, you sell the widgets for eighty cents, just like you sell them on eBay, and that's the end of it. Yeah, or a dollar or on eBay, or eighty cents there. But I think they've got it backwards, and I don't. I, I guess I think people I feel that eBay. There's so much competition on eBay. They got to lower their prices, and but folks, you can you know you think okay, I'm going to the. Oh, I don't want to buy used crap off eBay. Well, it's not all used crap on eBay. That that was a long Sometimes long. Sometimes it's new crap. Ago. Yeah. You know, and you don't even have to play with the auctions. I never do. I always do the buy it now thing. I don't want to. Yeah, I don't want to sit there and play. That. You know, if I need you know, something, I got, I'm willing to pay for it. I don't. I don't need to have an auction. Yeah, you know, I'll tell you. I go to Barnes and Noble and I buy some books on Barnes and Noble, and okay, and I get an email and they, uh, another email following up and says, "Here's a new uh, a new title and blah blah." And if I'm interested, I'll I'll save the email. If I'm not, I'll just toss it. Yeah. Yeah, I do want to know if there's new titles coming sure. out after well, I yeah, bought a book well, from Barnes. That's the nice thing about you know uh, the internet that you can actually pick and choose. Uh, yeah, right. go to your mailbox. You don't get to pick and choose. The thing is loaded full of crap, and and you don't get to say about what comes in there at all. It's just they load it up with uh, you know advertisements. You know, I don't know how much junk mail you get in your mailbox, but I get a lot. I don't get too much. No, well, I'll tell you what. I bought something from, what is it, Bed Bath & Beyond about a year and a half ago, and they don't stop. (laughs) So, you know, when I see them, you know what I do? It just goes in the can, Frank, and delete, push the delete button. I don't even open them up. I see who it's from and just throw it in the can. Well, yeah, I mean, but still you got to I mean, there's no big deal there. That's not, it's it's an annoyance, and I'm going to see if I can block them because there should be a thing on your mail server where you should be able to block certain people. Well, yeah, uh, you know, on your email, but in your mailbox down at the street, Oh, I don't have one of those. Well, oh. you know what? I get very little. Oh, I have an email. I have a box at the post office, Frank. But if something comes in and I just hey, 
right in the trash. Yeah, I got mine at the end of the road, man, and the thing is loaded up with junk mail every time I. Oh, open you're it talking up. about your regular mailbox? Yeah. No, your physical mailbox. No, no, no. If I get stuff in my physical mailbox, Frank, I see it. Goodbye. No, I don't <laughs> yeah. even open it. Well, I don't either, but I mean, it's still there. Just, you know, I just added to the uh, trash in the post office. There, I added all. to the trash on the floor of my truck, and it piles up to the windows sometimes. And see, well, you know what, Frank? The stuff that isn't glossy, you just use it and burn it in the winter time to keep warm instead of wood. How about that, Frank? Well, there you go. And they send enough where I could almost get away with doing that. That's all I'm saying. If so what's going on in money? the world beh- besides Hillary? Well, I see that the refugees are pouring into Hungary and Austria and Germany, and the Germans and the Hungarians should uh, should round them up, stick them on a plane, and send them right back where they came from. Well, Germany says they're going to spend a billion dollars, but if you're not coming from a country where you're in danger, you got to leave, is what Merkel is saying now. So... They're going to spend all this money trying to take care of people that come there and say, oh, I can't go back to my country because it's too dangerous. Uh, but if you come from a country, well, I'm just here because I just want to make some more money, get out. Or, no, I want to get on welfare, too. I yeah, can be, well, I'm not, yeah. yeah, one of those deals, yeah. But I, I still think, going back to Hitlery, Frank, I don't think we're going to have to worry about her. If Bernie is really doing better, and so is uh, Delaware Joe. Yeah, but is that going to be? I mean, come on. Is, we don't know what's going to happen. Than, I mean, really, it's okay. Maybe on a on a real sliding scale, where we start in the mud. Joe Biden is better than Hillary, but come on. Oh, I don't want him in there either, and I don't want to see Bernie in there. I think that Donald can beat all three of them. If you want to know, that's, well, Bernie. I could I, be. Honestly, I I don't think Bernie Sanders is going to last, and the only reason why is because. There's a large section of America that's just not going to embrace a socialist. Uh, well, even Democrats, you know, are are you're a socialist. Yeah, I but mean, you knowing that uh, that old yeah, but old Joe is Joe. I don't want to call him a dumbbell, but he's not. Let's put it this way: I don't think he's qualified upstairs. If you want to know the truth, well, Joe should never be allowed to speak. Is as, as far as I'm concerned, because everything out of that's his a, mouth that's, a, that's an understatement. Everything out of his mouth seems to be idiotic. It's it, it no, really, honestly, he says. I some think the people are going to see him if there's a democratic. Uh, what do you call? You know, where they do the debates. He's gonna he's gonna he's gonna uh, he's gonna put his own foot in his mouth in the debates, and people are going to see well, him. Now, for the, let for me the ask idiot. you something, Al. Here's a possibility. Now, yeah. Bernie Sanders is pretty much. Uh, He's got ideas, and he can he can speak them, and people understand them, and you know he's having some popularity with them. Now, Joe yeah. Biden has shown himself to say the stupidest things over and over and over and over again. Do you think the Democratic Party might have put Joe Biden in there to make Hillary look good? No, I think Hillary is going to have problems with him. From what I'm reading, at least from what I'm reading, I could be wrong, but just tell you what I'm reading on the net that uh, 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 people uh, have figured, most people have figured out what Hitlery is up to, and they know she's a liar, and uh, her popularity is waning, Frank. There's no question about it. She's not looking. There was a picture on her of Drudge. She was literally crying a couple right. of days ago on Drudge. 
Yeah, well, you know, I mean, I get that. You know, I hope you, I mean, if, if something happens and she has an accident or, you know, she gets a case of lead poisoning or something, it would be the greatest thing that could happen. Well, yeah, but, you know, the thing I'm looking at here is they can say what I read those headlines, too, about, oh, Joe's going to be hard to beat and all this other crap. It's like, wait a minute. See, I didn't just wake up yesterday and go, well, who's Joe Biden? Oh, he's going to be hard who's to gonna beat. Who's going to get the I've delegates? Been Joe the... Biden. No, I've been watching Joe Biden for a long time, and he he says that he should never be allowed to speak. I'm telling you, this guy, he <laughs> says the stupidest things. And if you oh, notice, absolutely. Al, if you notice, Al, the, the Obama administration hasn't let him speak in like two years. He hasn't well, said a good. word. Well, you know what? It all comes down, Frank, is who's going to get the delegates at the convention. The party bosses are going to determine, well, you're going to give so many votes to Hitler. You're going to give so many votes to Bernie or whoever. I think before, I think before the convention even starts, Hitlery will, I think she's going to throw the towel in, Frank. I really do. I could be wrong, but I think she will. Well, and she might not have a choice. I mean, she may have to. Criminal, they up, she may have criminal they, charges to, to face. Well, let's put it this way. They have enough criminal charges on her already, but they haven't done anything. I still think, unfortunately, she's going to skate. But what they're going to do, they're going to tell Hitler, if you get the nomination, you're going to get the JFK treatment because we don't want you. Well, or you're going to go to, you know what, you keep it up, we will file those charges. You will go to jail. You're not going right. to be the pl- candidate. Hitlery has so much on her, she should have been in jail when? Before she was Secretary of State, even. She should she have, been, have in been in jail before she was First Lady, for crying out loud. I mean, <laughs> gosh, just the stuff they pulled in Arkansas. She should well, have been wait in jail. Well, wait a minute. Uh, she, may, she, she may have not have pulled the trigger on old Vince, but I guarantee you she was behind it. Well, and if nothing else... She and Vince were, as they say, canoodling uh, uh, in secret outside of Billery. Well, if nothing else, she knew all about it. She was aware of the plan. She knew all about it. And, you know, I wouldn't put it past her that she was the one that gave the order to pull the trigger. Mm -hmm. I mean, ever since, you know, ever since those two got in the White House, man, I've always thought Bill was just a useful Uh. idiot that Hillary was pulling the strings on. You know, I don't think even Bill was Hillary was pulling the strings. I think the boys like Soros and all the big boys and the boys in the back room whose names you'll never know were pulling the strings. Well, sure, Hillary but too. I think they were pulling Hillary's strings and Hillary was passing. Oh, they were the pulling bill. both their strings. There's, know, there's no question about it. Because <laughs> honestly, Let's put, I think I think Hillary's out of the out of Bill and Hillary. I think Hillary's the smart one. Well, I think the fact that the Donald has now said that he's going to uh, stay with the Republicans, and if he doesn't get the nomination, he'll, uh, what's his name, he'll support whoever's in there. But I think the Donald still is the front runner for right now, it's my opinion. Well, and the polls back you up, but I mean, the thing is, here's the Who knows what's going to happen between now and next summer, Frank? We're, what, nine months away or something like that, or ten months away from the uh, conventions? Who knows what's going to happen? Well, now, here's here's the question. Do you think Donald Trump will honor that loyalty oath? I mean, because it's not legally binding. Well... Yeah, let's put it this way. If he runs as an independent and he doesn't get the nomination, then unfortunately, uh, Billary or Bernie will probably get it, unfortunately. Unless Bernie decides to go third party himself. 
I'd like. I to don't see, see him that. doing that. I don't see him doing that. I could be wrong. You could be right. It's a, there's oh, so I'm not many predicting. I'm just saying I'd like. Oh to no, see I that. understand what you're saying, Frank. There's too many possibilities to know what's going to happen. Yeah, right now there is. Uh, you know, we got to mm-hmm. see how it kind of shakes out at the end there. But uh, you know, who knows if Hillary will even be there? So what? Bernie Sanders and uh, and Joe Biden. Are you kidding me? Against what? Well, let's put it this Donald way. I still Trump? think that Donald could beat either one of them if he gets the Republicans. Yeah. I, Who else I, is I, in the Republicans? That's uh, a fat boy from New Jersey is in there. And uh, what's his name? The jerk from Arkansas. What's his name? Huckstery. Yeah. I don't see either one of them getting it, Frank. Well, Christie well, should go to jail. I mean, for what he said in his do you <laughs> in the first debate, Christie admitted on national TV during that debate that. They issued warrants without any evidence. Okay. Well, then that's uh, then then he should then then he's a good little commie. Yeah. Well, yeah. Jail, and, you know, it's like, uh, hey, uh, governor, that's a crime. You know, you're not allowed to do that, and you just admitted it on on national TV. Well, you, you know, it? under the Patriot Act, Frank, the FBI and the fornicating bunch of the fornicating bunch of idiots and everything else have said that you don't. They can write their own warrants and go into your house now under that under the Patriot Act. Well, well, you're still supposed to have evidence, Al. You're still supposed to, you know, they they they've given themselves some leeway, but they haven't completely erased evidence out of it. You're supposed to have evidence, okay? You're supposed yeah. to have, you know, probable cause. You're in other words, you just can't write a warrant and say I'm going into Frank's house because I think he's got a uh, he's got a palm tree in there, and palm trees are now illegal. So you just can't do that. Is that what you're saying, basically? No, it's supposed to be we have somebody, and and they basically do, but we have a anonymous uh, tipster that's anonymous palm tip. Tree. Yeah, how did you the know, anonymous <laughs> tip know that Frank even had a, an illegal palm tree in his house? Is well, my question. That's true. Well, yeah. hey, you know, most people let every anybody who knocks on their door into their house, Al, see, so this is how a lot of people get in trouble. You know, you let people in that you don't know, they look around, they go, oh, you know, you don't know who they are, they go running down to the cops, I was, hey, you know what happened to me one time, Al? What? I was staying, I just got back from Hawaii. Yeah. I mean, just, just got off the plane, and I went down to a motel, got me a room, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Now, yeah. I had these vases made out of bamboo, and they were bamboo, and they were tied together with rope, okay? And I was going okay. to give them as, as gifts, you know, from Hawaii. Yeah, okay. So I've got them laid out on my bed. I decide to uh, order a pizza. So I order a pizza. The guy delivers the pizza. Next thing I know, the cops are banging on my door. You know why? Because the pizza delivery guy called the cops and said, I think he had bombs on his, on his bed. Ah, oh, for crying out loud. This, if the pizza guy can't tell a vase from a bomb, then he shouldn't be a pizza guy. I'm just saying, Al, when you let people in your door, you're making a mistake, oh, you know? Oh, right. I'm, you know, <laughs> yeah. something. You can't we've be too now got the, we've, we've got the uh, spy on your neighbor. Turn your neighbor sure. in society. Just see like Nazi. Well, this something. is Nazi America, Frank. We are in Nazi America. See, people think I'm paranoid, but, you know, things have happened that have made me more careful. Let's put it that way. Al, we've got a Wait caller. A Oh, we okay. do. We have a caller. Go ahead, caller. Hi, guys. Uh, I enjoy your show. Greg calling Branson area. I wanted to uh, take a little theater out of the uh, Hillary conversation. Really important, uh, one of your pastors on your uh, network, can't think of his name right now, but he's from Ohio. He's a really good pastor. 
And he had been interviewing Larry Nichols uh, lately, who planned the first Bill and Hillary uh, uh, escapade and their, um, their strategies and that type of thing. And he's really got some decent things to say. And I wouldn't count her out. Uh, I think it's all theater. Uh, her releasing her book, announcing she's a lesbian and all that stuff to clear the air on all that sort of thing, and all the big, fat, huge money she's been lining up through her foundation and everything. Um, I think the rest of it's all theater, and don't be surprised, because at the last minute when all the dust settles and the smoke clears, that demon, Hillary, is going to emerge out of nowhere, and she's she's got lots of tricks up her sleeve, um, uh, I saw a good picture where it well, was Greg, you know, threw her hat in the ring, and, uh, and it was a witch's hat, and it was pretty funny. But I can tell you, she is very, very, very dangerous. And, of course, the big people in the world with the big, fat money that really pick our presidents, they're just letting her lay back, look stupid, look. The courts are never going to go after her. And I guess the point of this whole call is Larry Nichols has something to say about her strategy and sh- and. Uh, and uh, he has it. He he can pretty much read the cards and knows that Biden recently did throw his hat in, and he had something to say about it. if Biden does this, then this is probably going to happen. This is going to happen. I didn't understand it. Just uh, heard the broadcast briefly to one of your pastors on your network. Uh, well worth uh, taking a listen. Well, to what Larry you know the said. thing is, uh, you know, okay, Larry Nichols, I'm sure has some very interesting things to say, but Larry Nichols isn't reading any cards. He wrote the cards. Okay, so you know, you know, you don't. I, I don't trust Larry Nichols as far as I could spit nails. I'd listen to what he has to say, and if it makes sense to you, then it may be true. But Larry Nichols, I'm sure, if he's been, <laughs> he's been in so tight with the Clintons, uh, half of what he says is a lie. Okay, and half of what he tells you is the truth is to is to lead you astray. I wouldn't trust anybody who washed the the Clintons' toilets to tell you the truth. You get around those people, there's something wrong with you, and uh, and that's just my opinion. And and that's not to say people shouldn't listen; they should. Um, but you've got to listen with a you know you've really got to listen, and you've got to sit and think about it, and you've got to discern it, and you you probably ought to pray about it and. Before you believe anything, you hear from yeah, somebody like that. Key. There's no doubt Larry Nichols is covering his butt for many things. There's no doubt he knows that he's in great danger. Um, at this point, sure. I understand he's dying of cancer, so he That's what I heard. tend to come come clean and, and say a little bit more about what they know, a little less a little less fear. And uh, and at this point, uh, granted, uh, you have to take what he says with, not with a grain of salt because he is an insider. But at this point, I think he's thrown caution to the wind, and he does truly understand the psychopathic personalities of these people. And yeah, but the, more the problem is the problem is, Greg. He's always understood the psychopathic nature of these people, and he worked with them. Okay, mm-hmm. which makes him a psycho too. Now, you know, maybe he's dying and maybe he found God and maybe a lot of things, but I'd be careful. That doesn't mean don't listen. I mean, I would definitely listen, uh, but, you man, just be careful. And that goes with everything you hear, whether somebody's an insider or not. You know, you just really today, look, deception is all around. If you're a Christian, you read the Bible, you know deception's all around. You know, it says that it's, it's going to be so bad that 
if it were possible, even the elect would be deceived. Mm-hmm. You know, well, so he's about the closest thing to a strategist that understands, and he he wallowed in the mud with them, and and he understands their mindset, and uh, and uh, he may have found God. You're right. You know, most people find God in prison, but you know, obviously he's he's finding it on his deathbed. Right. And Could uh, be. definitely he's got something to say and worth it. And don't count her out. I think it's all theater, and they're going to let the, the dust settle. And, uh, well, and you I might you so. might be right, Greg, because you know she has finagled her, uh, you know, the super delegates. I read a story about that where she has a bunch of super delegates of the Democratic convention, and uh, they've signed on to Hillary, and they know what's going on, and they've signed on anyway. So, you know, there's a lot of behind the scenes, and it really doesn't matter what the public thinks. I mean, the whole public might think, well, she's a criminal, and she should go to jail, and I wouldn't vote for her if you paid me, but it doesn't matter. That's not how presidents get elected, and it's not how people get nominated to the party. Yeah, well, thank God for our founders that started the country from the ground up, county by county by county. They had the insight to know that when all else goes insane, that it needs to be brought back county by county. And and uh, and um, uh, just a reminder, I don't know if you got your website up and going about repealing the Seventeenth Amendment, but I still working on it. Great idea. Yeah. So wonderful. Thank you, guys. I get out of your hair, but I, I just uh, don't don't get caught up in the theater. One person obviously is not going to save this country. It's got to be from the ground up. If it were to happen, so we That's all know true. that. Thanks, Greg. Thanks, man. All right. Well, hey, Al, we're good, past the... Good call, yes, and we're past the break, friends, so it's break time. All right, we'll take a break. We'll be back in a few. Well, I'm told now, I'm on. Come on. 
countries have denied Internet access for their people during civil strife. The FCC seized in-use commercial shortwave frequencies right after the September 11th attacks. No one communication system can be dependent on to be there when you need information. You need choices. You need a KU band free-to-air satellite system from AVR. The AVR system includes a receiver, an LNB, and a 75-centimeter dish. All you need to get on your own is the coaxial cable. The system is delivered to your door for $149.99. That's right, delivered for $149.99. That's the shipping and the system, $149.99. Call 541 541- Two two five four six five nine. That's five four one two two five four six five nine. Or visit AmericanVoiceRadio.com and click Satellite System. Studies have shown that the farm soil we get our vegetables from is dead meaning it is depleted of minerals. Sulfur is a mineral. Sulfur has been depleted from the soil, which means most people have been depleted of sulfur. Sulfur has been found to transport oxygen throughout the body. You need oxygen. You need organic sulfur. American Voice Radio Network has organic sulfur. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com and then to the Superstore to order your organic sulfur. It's your choice. Do you want to feel better or not? Don't forget to tune in to the Sulphur Hour Plus One on AmericanVoiceRadio.com, Thursdays, 6 p.m. Pacific. Prices have increased over 40%. Energy prices have increased over 20%. Wheat and gas prices have increased over 70%. What's going to be next? Do you see these trends reversing or even stabilizing? All fiat currencies have always failed and collapsed their economies on their way down. The Roman Empire, China, France, Argentina, Finland, Mexico, Russia, and Zimbabwe all tried fiat currency and all collapsed into chaos. Meanwhile, the dollar has lost over 97% of its gold value since 1971, when an ounce of gold was valued at $35. If your assets are in paper, you are in danger. Protect your assets with gold and silver. Visit Discount Gold and Silver Trading at DGSCoins.com. That's DGSCoins.com or call 1-800-375-4188. That's 800-375-4188. Protect yourself and your family.
All right, we're back. This is the Frank Report. I'm your host, Francis Stephan. You're listening right here on American Voice Radio Network. It is still the 8th of September, 2015. It's Tuesday, 800-932-1980 is how you call in. TheAmericanVoice.com or AmericanVoiceRadio.com is the website. You'll see the chat link. You can participate by going there. And you can contact me directly through Yahoo Instant Messenger, AVRN talk is the screen name we got al from colorado on welcome back al yes the poor state of colorado now has to return 50 million to the taxpayers because they got too much money from the (laughs) you know i read that al it's like uh, you know what they're going to find every excuse not to give it back frank you know that well, you they're going to try we have a we have a thing called the tabor which is the taxpayers bill of rights and if they take in too much money, sorry, folks, you got to give it back. Well, you know, this is a high tax state, Frank, especially on motor vehicles. Wouldn't it be, wouldn't it be better if they took that and said, "Well, we're going to put it over here and uh, we're going to save it in case you know one of these days." We need that money. We won't have to raise everybody's taxes like we always like to do anytime something goes wrong. We say, oh, my gosh, you know, we're going to have to raise your taxes for the children, for the whoever, you know, because. Frank, uh, well, if you gave them $100 trillion, it'd be like Uncle Sam. They still wouldn't have enough money, Frank. They never, none of them, well, neither then, them nor the case, churches or anything else, Frank, have enough money ever. In, in that case, then, I guess, give it back. You know, That's and, right. But like you say, you know, they'll find a way not to. They they do the yeah, same thing. Yeah, they'll try. Well, they'll try anyway. They'll make an excuse or they'll say we will put it in our rainy day fund. They'll that's what they'll tell the sheep. Yeah, rainy day fund means uh, you know, and, and it would be a good idea. It would be responsible if it wasn't for they were just a bunch of liars and thieves and are going to rob well, it. Well, what else is no, yeah. Oh, well, no. What the second, you know what'll happen? The second the teachers unions figure out they got money in a, in some fund somewhere, they're going to come and say, "We're underpaid. We need more money. It's for the children." Yeah, it's always for the children. You know, except well, they're I'll not paying the children, okay? They're not paying no, the children. No, they're not. The children right? are not getting paid. You know, it's the teachers no. are getting paid. So it's not for the children, it's for the teachers. It's for the administrators. It's yeah. for that. You know, meanwhile, yeah, all they that cut, garbage. you know, they cut sports programs and music programs out of out of schools because, oh, well, you know, it's too expensive. Well, you told me they almost told you they cut the Jackson uh, County Library. Remember, they didn't have enough money for the library. They had to close it. Remember, a few years ago, you told me yeah, about well, that. Yeah, well, they right? they they. they that this was a ploy to raise taxes. They, oh, we don't have enough money. You know, we built okay, we built a humongous new library. Then we rebuilt all the libraries in the county, and then we found out, oh, we don't have enough money to maintain them. Well, that's just too bad, you know, because everybody said, they said, well, we want to do a bond to build these libraries. And everybody said, okay, good. You know, we do need a new library. Uh, and, yeah, we'd like to have the libraries rebuilt. Good. We will, we'll pay for that. And everybody, you know, they all voted and said, okay, we'll pay for that. So they did. Then they come back okay. after they built all the libraries and said, oh, uh, gee, we didn't realize we were going to have electric bills and stuff. We don't have enough money to maintain them because we're a bunch of idiots. So, hey, we want to do well, a Well, we're going to build a new library, but we're not going to figure out how to keep maintaining it and keeping it open. Yeah, that's what they did. And, and then they said, because what they figured was they'll just go and tap these you know, these, these morons again and say, well, we want to do a new bond 
for more taxes so we can maintain the libraries. And everybody said when it came up, no, 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 we're not. And then they said, well, we're going to have to close the library. So they did. And then they said, well, we're going to have another vote, an emergency vote, because the libraries are all closed and we're going to do it again. Now that you see that we're serious and we close the library. So they did it again. And everybody said, no, again, keep them closed then. Well, Uh, somehow, somehow, somehow they're open. Some, somehow, some way and, and, they're, and they're paying their electric bill and they're paying their employees. Amazing. Apparently, yes. apparently they are. And somehow they managed to figure out a way without raising taxes. But that was their first Gee, choice. <laughs> you know, that's uh, always their first choice, man. You know, yeah. it's, it's always their first choice. Well, we'll just do a bond. We just want to raise my Hey, what do you say? What do you say? What do you say, Al? Come on. You want more taxes. Nah, for the good of nah. people. For the children. No thanks. No thanks, Frank. No thanks for the children. No apparently, thanks, the Frank. children don't have internet here. I think what they should be raising money for, and I see they they let the uh, the lady in Kentucky is out of jail now. And what they should have done, they should have either said fire her or the people who wanted the uh, gay marriage license go to a different clerk. What's the big deal? What's well, the, and that's you know, the whole thing. Put- that office had five other clerks that would do it. Yes. You know, so it's like, wait a minute. You know, and really, that judge should be, he should be the one locked up. Because bottom line is, she has a religious freedom. She has right. protections under the Constitution for her religious freedom. Now, if she was the only clerk in the whole county or anywhere to get a marriage license, they might have a point. But as long as there's somebody else, Willing oh, absolutely. They could have gone to five other clerks. There were a total of six clerks in that office. Yeah, and, and the thing is, though, even if they had to go to another county, the bottom line is, you know what? You've got to accommodate her religious freedoms. And, you know, the thing is, no, look, you don't have to do this. Give it to another clerk. You know? let, me ask a, let me ask the dumbbell question. If she was the only clerk in that whole state, let's see it's just for the whole state, but not just, just to use an example. Mm-hmm. Oh, let's call it the county. She's the only clerk in the county, and she refuses. And unfortunately, the nine dummies on the bla- in the black dresses says, you've got to do it. She could have been fired. Could they have fi- if they would have fired her, Frank, for not doing it, what would be the upshot of that? Oh, I don't know. I'm not sure. You I know. mean, okay, okay, you've got a religious uh, a beef, Mrs. Woman, and uh, fine, but uh, the law says this is what the law says, and uh, we respect your religious beliefs, but uh, we're going to have to fire you and find somebody else who will uh, obey the law, whether we like it or not. Well, yes, okay, the law... Show me the law, Al. There's no law. All there is is a is a ruling from the the Supreme Court. There's no law. Oh, it's just a ruling. It's not the law. If it's not the they law, don't make the, the law. Land. They can't write laws. That's the legislative's done. And and I don't remember Congress. Well, what she should have done is she should have gone to her attorney and said, "Hey, does the law of Kentucky say that I have to do this?" Is what she should have done. Then, if I understand, there's this this thing in 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 the you know in the uh, in the chat room, people are going, "Well, um, uh, uh, not as an elected official, it was her job. Isn't she obligated to obey the laws as a public official?" Yeah, but there's no law, okay? This is a federal judge locking her in prison, jail, 
for not obeying what? Not obeying a non-law, a, a judicial ruling? There's no law. Now, now let's let's get this straight here. This is a federal judge. So there would have to be a federal law, right? Oh no, there's no federal law. I thought there's no the federal law w- saying, "Oh, uh, you know, everybody's got to recognize homos." The fed. The, no, the that's Supreme- interesting because I <laughs> thought when they when they approved it, it was the law. They that, did make okay. How does the Supreme Court make a Al, law? Come on, how does the court make a law? Hmm. They're not the They do it all the time, Frank. Well, I they might think they do it all Let's the time. Let's put it this way, Frank. They make what's called a decree. You ever heard the term decree? I'm sorry. This country isn't run by decree, and people need to start standing up and saying, look, there is no law. You're, you, you locked somebody in prison, in jail, for not obeying a non-law. Well, then the judge should be, then she should be suing the judge and putting him in jail and taking everything she's got. I would, I would, I would right away. You're darn right. Oh, absolutely. This is the problem. We've got a small group of people called the gay community, the LGBT community, whatever you want to call them, and they've decided that they're going to impose their will on everybody else in the country. Right, and they're not going to do it. And guess what? It doesn't work that way, boys. And and they're not going to do it through law. They're going to do it through the courts. And they go to the black robe pretenders where, what, three of them are homosexuals on there. And, uh, you know, three of them are homos and four of them are Jews, right? Who are the three queers? Well, Kagan. Oh, Sotomayor, Sotomayor. and uh, what's her face? Kagan, Sotomayor, and uh, what's her name? Uh, Ginsburg. Ginsburg, all three of them, isn't mm-hmm. that? I knew about Sotomayor. I didn't know about the other. And two. hey, you know what? I would, I would, and I don't know this, but I would, I would not be surprised if Kennedy turned out to be a homo too. You know, hmm. very interesting. But the thing I'm is, I'm learning things I didn't know, Frank. I well, knew about Sotomayor being a fag. Well, yeah. the thing is, look, courts don't make laws. They rule on laws. There is no law, okay? You can't well, say Well, then you what, know what? The people, was it in Oregon or Washington who refused to bake the cake? They should have said, show me the law. Right. Well, the thing is, look, if somebody says, now, there is laws against discrimination, okay? But the, the point is, it's like, wait a minute. The Supreme Court said that, okay, some states have made homos uh, able to be married. Other states have not. They ruled Correct. every state has to acknowledge and accept marriage from states that marry homos. They See, didn't go in and say, "Oh, every state has to has to marry homos," because they can't do that. I mean, if they did, then they're wrong, and it is a a null ruling because the Supreme Court or the Congress or the president doesn't have any right. They don't have any authority. Well, to wait go a minute. Look what Barry's state. doing with all these. Uh, look what Barry's doing with all these quote. Uh, what do you call it? presidential directives, executive orders? Well, yeah. What but, did he do? He re- Barry took it upon himself to rename Mount McKinley in Alaska <laughs> for crossing. Well, you know that I mean, is. This is sadly, getting a little ridiculous now, Frank. Well, sadly. You know, that's one of the few things that he gets to do. Uh, I mean, this is he can put decorations on the flag, too. I mean, you know, he gets to do little things. Who the hell cares what they call it? 
you know, I'll call it what I want to call it. He can name it whatever he wants. For me, it's Mount McKinley, and it'll always be Mount McKinley. That's what it was called, and that's what it is as far as I'm concerned. I don't care about no well, that's right. It's just like the mountain I look at right in front of my house there. It's Mount Pitt. Oh, but they renamed it. See, the guy who discovered it or, you know, was the first white man to find it, he, he was Pitt. Yeah. They named it for him. But then, through politics, they later named it Mount McLaughlin. Well, I call it Mount oh. Pitt. Okay, so they can name it. Oh, I want to. I want to see Barry come to Colorado and change Pike's Peak to Barry's Peak or yeah. something. Obama. <laughs> well, yeah. Oh, I really want to see that happen. The point <laughs> is, though, the federal oh, government Frank, has the, over with. the federal government has no authority at any of the branches to walk into a state and say, "Oh, uh, you've got to change your laws to where you will now marry uh, sodomites." They can't do that. They don't have that right. They don't have that authority to do that. Now, uh, I'll tell you, you know, they can say, Frank, okay, look, through interstate commerce, if one state marries sodomites and they move to your state, you're going to have to give them, you know, well, I don't think they can even do that, Al. The, all they know. can say is, look, uh, when you file your taxes, you can file as married couples because that's federal. See, the federal government is separate from the state. They don't get to run around telling the states what to do. But they are. Well, but they, they are. are, Frank. <laughs> Frank, <laughs> this is what needs to happen, and I think this would be a good thing to start. We get up a petition. We absolutely force Congress to, re to uh, repeal the Buck Act. We, uh, we educate people until they're sick of hearing about it, about the Buck Act. You want Sammy out of the state of Oregon? Repeal the Buck Act. You don't repeal the Buck Act, Mr. Oregon, Representative and Senator. You're out in the next election. We want the Buck Act dead. Well, first thing, Al, you'll have to educate the public of what the Buck Act is. You know, well, that's you what I, yeah, well, say, I said you know. that, Frank. You keep educating them until they're sick of hearing about it. Well, yeah. You want Sammy out of your state? This is what Sammy is operating under. Well, and and all I don't think a thousand people in the whole country know, Frank. No, out I don't, of probably plus not. Million. But you know, the thing is, look, people should be aware of the separation of powers between and the separation of jurisdictions, and they should be being taught this. This is something that is supposed to be taught in public school. It's called civics. Civics is where you learn about your government, how it runs, how it's supposed to run. You know, the 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 separations. I learned it. Didn't you learn it, Al? Didn't you learn about state governments and the federal government and the difference between them in, in school? They didn't really. We had, a, we had a, uh, in high school, Frank, we had a uh, course called American Government, but they basically almost ignored the Constitution. Oh. It was all about government itself. Okay. The well. Constitution was not taught to me, Frank. I wasn't taught to a lot of people in the public school system. Well, we had, I guess I went to a, a decent school. You went to we, probably a better school than I did, Frank, because if they taught you about the Constitution, yeah, we heard a little bit about the Bill of Rights, not much. Well, we were taught about that, and we were taught about how the whole thing is supposed to work, too. You know, um, uh, you know, hey, here's what they get to do, here's what the states get to do, here's what, you know, and we were taught that. I mean, okay, yeah, it was probably one semester, and, it, you know, that's all, but, I mean, at least we, we got it. Frank, in Colorado, we now have judges arresting people for handing out jury nullification pamphlets in front of a courthouse. Did you see that? I did. I read that, yeah. 
That judge needs to be taken and thrown in jail immediately. We need to get rid of the American Bar Association. Well, and, and he has, as far as I, I read, that that judge has a kind of a conflict with the local prosecutor, even. The prosecutor's saying, no, they're allowed to do this. You can't do that. You can't arrest them for this. Frank, the American Bar Association, the American Bankers Association need to be shut down and destroyed and kicked out of the country. That's true. Wall Street needs to be shut down and kicked out of the country. The commodities markets need to be shut down and kicked out of the country. Well, and the Bar Association and the AMA and the Democratic and Republican parties, they can all And let's also get rid of the pharmaceutical companies as well while we're at it, Frank. Yep. Well, in a perfect world, but... We're out of time, Al. We'll see you next week, Frank. All right. We'll see you then. All right, folks. Coming up next, financial survival with more good news, I'm sure. I'll be back again tonight. As always, thanks for listening. American Voice Radio Network is heard on Galaxy 19 at 97 degrees west, transponder 23, frequency 12115, audio PID 2595. AVR is heard on the left side audio channel, and AVR2 is heard on the right side audio channel. Remember, both AVR and AVR2 are on Galaxy 19. Same network, double the choices. Prices have increased over 40%. Energy prices have increased over 20%. Wheat and gas prices have increased over 70%. What's going to be next? Do you see these trends reversing or even stabilizing? All fiat currencies have always failed and collapsed their economies on their way down. The Roman Empire, China, France, Argentina, Finland, Mexico, Russia, and Zimbabwe all tried fiat currency and all collapsed into chaos. Meanwhile, the dollar has lost over 97% of its gold value since 1971 when an ounce of gold was valued at $35. If your assets are in paper, you are in danger. Protect your assets with gold and silver. Visit Discount Gold and Silver Trading at DGSCoins.com That's DGSCoins.com or call 1-800-375-4188 That's 800-375-4188 Protect yourself and your family.
afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. I'm Melody Cedarstrom, and you're listening to Financial Survival. I'm here with my co-host, Alfred Addis, to bring you our opinion and commentary on today's economic and political events for Tuesday, September 8th, 2015. Good afternoon, Al. Hi, Melody. Well, I said it would be an active day today, and it certainly was. You have the stock markets uh, just uh, moving right on up, and uh, the world is... Uh, in a nice place again. We're in a nice place. Yeah, we're a happy place. Our happy, we're in a happy place. Yes. yes. Gold today was trying to find its happy place, but not so much. Down 60 cents right now. You know, it was uh, swung between uh, a $10, $10 move, 11.17 versus 11.27, settling 11.23. Right now you have silver up 23 cents at 14.91. Platinum was up twelve dollars at a thousand and eight. Palladium up twelve at five hundred and ninety-three dollars. You have the USDX day trading down slightly, point two nine at ninety-five eighty-five. Crude oil basically unchanged down point one five at forty-five ninety. And the paper markets today, everyone back from their three-day weekend or longer. Uh, as everybody was on holiday for most of the week. Little kitties are back in school. Everyone is back in school now. And uh, the Dow rejoiced up 2.42%, 390 points at 16,492. The NASDAQ was up also two and three quarters, 48.11, up 128 points. And the S&P, ditto, 1969, up 48 points. The 10-year yield, 2.19%. That was up a little bit, 0.07. Euro, 112, up 0.36. And um, Germany was up big, almost 2%. London, a little up over 1%. Hong Kong was up big, uh, a little over 3%. But Japan didn't like it, was down to almost 2.5%. Well, I think Greece is getting a little bit of a payback, Al, from, you know, perhaps uh, trying to snub, maybe going against the elite and all their dealings with their debt that uh, has been experienced this year. They're uh, releasing a lot of refugees on their Greek islands, and uh, there was one particular report, the Greek island of, I don't know if I'm saying this properly, Lesbos, um, has turned basically into a war zone. And the people who live there, uh, there's about 85,000 residents and about 25,000 migrants are being are camping, oh, yeah, wow. are camping out on the island with hundreds more arriving daily. There's uh, violent clashes um and uh, the people are um this island, this Greek island, is just not the only one. And, and, and this island is uh, it's the third largest Greek island. It's very close to Turkey. It's about six miles from the Turkish shoreline. And um, they're just hauling them all, you know. And, uh, um, so the, are the, the immigrants government, coming from the Turkish? Are they coming from Afghan, North Africa? Syrians? They're coming from North Africa, and they're landing they're, on they're, the Isle of Lesbos. They're, they're Syrians. They're, they're Syrians. They're Afghans. And uh, the, the, well, then they'd this, be coming across probably from Turkey. 
they're being ferried by government, and these are government the ferries. The Turkish government is ferrying them over there? The European, from what I understand, it's the European ferries. And uh, so, you know, the, the people that are living there, they can't go to work. The children can't go to school. Uh, the one woman that was interviewed, she says, uh, we can't go out. Um, she says they've stolen our lives. They want them to go away. They're not being respected. They said this one little town is just being turned into a urinal because there's no place to put these people. And um, they said that this is like a time bomb, ticking time bomb that is ready to, you know, really erupt this, this island. The mayor of this island is trying to uh, get the European Union to do something, but um, they're almost complicit in, in, in doing this. And um, so it's, you know, that's a terrible situation. Terrible. I'm curious whether or not Greek, the Greek people, are allowed to have firearms. Highly unlikely. This is your. Well, I don't know. They may or they may not. I don't know. But I'm curious. You know, it's like what we see happening here in this country with the illegal aliens coming into this country. It is technically an invasion. Mm-hmm. The only difference between this and the invasion when the Nazis invaded Poland or France is the Nazis used guns to fight their way in. And this guy, in our country, and, and apparently down in Greece, you don't need any guns. Right? You don't need any guns to invade because the people who live there don't have guns or sufficient nerve to protect their own country. But what we see down there, this is a terrible story, 85 85,000 people living on the island and 25,000 are immigrants? That are coming in, refugees. And, you know, I've been doing a little bit of reading and so forth, various views and opinions on this. And, you know, they're all Muslims. And, uh, um, you know, this is being a relocation plan Uh uh, led by the U.N. to relocate Uh these, uh, you know, to... uh, You know what I'd say? I feel sorry for these immigrants. I know they've got a difficult situation, but the reason they have it is precisely because they are Muslims, number one. The culture, the Muslim culture, is not conducive to prosperity. If they had any brains and gonads, what they should do is stay in their own country and overturn existing governments and establish something where people can survive and make a halfway decent living. The problem is they don't want to fight in their own country. They would rather come to some Christian country, and then uh, because the Christians are easy, they don't want to fight. Christians don't want to defend. They want to be nice to everybody. And the truth of the matter is, when you allow, you know, Karl Marx, he made the point. He said the essence of communism is the abolition of private property. And to significant degree, when you see illegal aliens pouring into a country, it's an abolition of private property. They're essentially saying, we don't care if this is your country or not, we're coming in. And the people who live here and the people who live on Lesbos, they apparently are unable to defend their own property against foreign invaders. This is going to break down in a way where there's going to be some dead bodies. And I'm not talking about five or ten. 
we're going to see a problem, not necessarily on Lesbos, but this is going to continue until the locals try to kill all the invaders or the invaders try to kill all the locals. But there's going to be a problem that's going to result in hundreds of dead people and maybe more than that. And then they're going to start to take this invasion, this invasion, this illegal alien thing. They're going to start to say perhaps they'll take it seriously. And the government won't. They want these cultures they want the European culture destroyed. They want yep. the American culture destroyed. They want to bring other cultures in and teach everybody we have to respect cultures that can't keep you alive on their own past your 45th birthday. They aren't worthy of our respect. And it, people that are coming here who think you just go to this place, we'll go to, the, we'll go to, we'll go to Europe or we'll go to the United States and then we'll get rich. We'll just go to the place. It's not that. If you want to get rich, if you want to be prosperous, you have to invent, you have to embrace a culture and the system of values that allows you to become prosperous. If you want to bring the culture from Mexico or the culture, the Muslim culture, you want to bring it to Europe and still get rich, you're crazy. It's not going to happen. You're going to live in poverty just like you do in most of Syria and most of the Middle East. It's There's, a fundamental reality. It's caused by your own culture. You bring that culture with you and you think you can embrace your culture, your ancient culture, and still not get the, the violence and the poverty you were trying to escape. Well I, well, I think you, you, you hit it you know, on, on the nail that, you know, and I, I think a lot of this, most of it, all of it, you know, is all by design. And uh, there, I've even read certain portions where there are these people that are they're, they're actually trying to be passed off as Syrian refugees, but really yeah. they're you know they're 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 from North you know Africa uh, Muslims, and they're trying to get to Germany, and um, uh, so they pass themselves off as these refugees, and uh, but it's all part of the you know European the EU the the New World Order people and so forth. Yep. Uh, the UN. And, um, you know, and uh, it's, you know, th these people aren't Christians. No. You know, the Christians, heck, they're getting, you know, killed over there. They're getting murdered over there. Yep. And, um, you know, these are Muslims, and we know how this plays out. And um, so it's... Um, they're not going to give up their culture. That's the problem. They're not moving to Europe to become Europeans. No, they're, they're there to infiltrate Europe to their change Europe into a Muslim, Muslim into a Muslim hellhole. Yep. That's what'll happen. Yep. Get enough Muslims up there, it'll be they'll be looking for another place to emigrate to. They'll be emigrating to South America, to North America, Africa. I don't know where they're going to go. Well, they're already in Africa, North Africa. I don't know where they're all planning on going, but it is like a disease. They carry their culture with them, just like typhoid Mary was a carrier of typhoid. They are running from their culture, and yet they think they're, all they have to do is go to a new place. You know, it's like, it's like taking somebody who's a drug addict and saying, all we have to do with this drug addict is just move them into a nicer neighborhood, and then they'll be fine. No, they won't. They'll still be drug addicts. Yeah, but it's all like they'll actually die now. ruin the neighborhood, tend to ruin the neighborhood of the people that aren't drug addicts. But it's all by design. I know. I agree with you 100%. Otherwise, we'd have people in this country. You know, we have a military that can invade. We can invade Iraq, and we can worry about ISIS and 
maybe Iran and God knows how many countries we can invade, but we can't defend our own country from an invasion. That isn't an accident. That isn't a misunderstanding. That's evidence the government says to hell with the American people, to hell with the United States of America. They want to create a new world order, a North American Union. They want Mexico united with the United States and Canada, and they are saying to hell with the nations themselves and to hell with their people. They have a, they have a plan, and they intend to implement Well, you know, they do do something. They threw a woman in jail, <laughs> and I guess she is being released today. Uh, the, the Kentucky clerk yep. who refused to grant the, the marriage licenses to the same-sex couples as uh, she was released. Mm-hmm. Uh, but she has uh, you know, been in jail since Thursday. No bail, no anything. And um, so uh, she was out, and you know, Huckabee was by her side um, when they <laughs> left. I don't know what he had to do with getting her released or if he played any part, but she, he was there to um, help her get out or you know, be with her anyway. So, um, so they can throw someone like that in prison, and uh, they can make sure that uh, you know if you're being a, a Christian and standing up for what you believe. And um, that's, that's the other thing. They are making, they are trying yeah. to compel people who are Christians to violate their own faith for the convenience of a bunch of homosexuals. This is insane. This is just absolutely insane. It's a kind of blasphemy. It's an attack on faith. It shouldn't be tolerated, but they get away with it because people in this country are always trying to be nice. Well, at least some people are. And I'm just suggesting it's time to stop being nice. It's time to just pull out a six-gun and say, look, get the H off my property. Get out of my city. Get out of my state. You can't just let everybody who wants to come in here. You know, I saw a survey this last week. 51% of the illegal aliens that are in this country are on welfare. Over half are on welfare. What are we doing? What are we doing? Allowing people from other countries to come in here just so they can live on welfare? The whole thing is insane. And the government does nothing about it. They won't do anything to stop it because it is government policy and the people that we are electing to public office are bent on on destroying this nation. They have no provide. There has no constitutional authority for them to enter in any agreements where we join Mexico or Canada or the New World Order. They are engaged in treason. And the only thing I'd suggest is before we move the illegal aliens out, we need to try people in the government for treason, and if they are found guilty, hang them. Make them understand this is no game, right? You're not going to destroy this nation because you have some brilliant communistic idea. This is no game. We're going to protect this country, and if it means that everybody from the, from the janitor on up to the president in the White House, in the cat house on the Potomac, if they all have to be tried for treason, try them. Those that are found guilty, hang them. And not six years from now, get them that afternoon. Well, you know, no one is held accountable. Bankrate, Inc., the publisher of widely read uh, finance data, uh, they agreed to pay $15 million. It's a fine to settle federal regulators' charges of manipulating its financial results to meet analysts' 
expectations. <laughs> so they made the announcement today of civil charges, and um, um, they're based in North Palm Beach, Florida. And, of course, uh, uh, neither the uh, former vice president uh, um, and um, no one's admitted or denied wrongdoing. And uh, it has agreed, Bank Rate has agreed to refrain from future violations of the securities laws. I promise, with my fingers crossed behind my back, I promise never to do this again. But the former vice president uh, is paying $180,000 to resolve allegations that he and two other bank rate, rate executives ran a scheme to inflate revenues. And they omitted some expenses from reports. And it just goes to show you, hey, here's a little bit of money, $15 million after we've made billions yep. you know, from uh, falsifying our, 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 our information. Um, you know, we'll, give you, we'll, we'll give you a little bit of the slush fund. You know, probably as they're making their billions of dollars, they probably have a, a separate SEC account. Well, for every billion, that's you know they're going to come and ask us for at least uh, you know maybe one to ten percent. So we'll just put that Not over there that, for when they're they come to ask us until probably three to five years, years later. Yeah, twenty twelve. Twenty twelve. That's what I more or less expect. Yeah. We got three years of clear sailing, make all the money we want. When yep. we get caught, we'll buy our way out of the situation and say, is this a great country or what? And yeah, the answer Lord. is, or what? That's yeah. where we are headed right now. Let's take a break. Look what Let's the take a break for done. some commercial announcements, and we will be back on financial survival in just a moment. Please stay tuned. Financial obligations or relationship problems have you feeling stressed out? When life is too much to handle, use Apothecary Herbs Emotional Stress Formula. Feel calm and more in control with herbs especially combined to provide the organic nutrition your system needs to help you cope. Complete instructions for maximum benefit and a money-back guarantee. You've waited long enough. Call Apothecary Herbs now. Toll free 866-229-3663. That's 866-229-3663. International callers dial 704-875-8010 or order online at the 3w.thepowerherbs.com. Since the beginning of the United States, kings have sought it, nations have fought for it, it has been traded, borrowed, purchased, and stolen. There is a reason for it. To secure the blessings of liberty to ourselves and our posterity, invest with the security of gold and silver. Call Discount Gold and Silver Trading at 1-800-375-4188. That's 1-800-375-4188. Listen to Financial Survival with your host, Melody Cedarstrom on American Voice Radio Network and Shortwave Radio. 
visit DiscountGoldAndSilverTrading.net or call 1-800-375-4188. That's 1-800-375-4188. For the very best in gold and silver trading, call toll-free 1-800-375-4188. That's 1-800-375-4188. Call now. American Voice Radio Network is heard on Galaxy 19 at 97 degrees west, transponder 23, frequency 12115, audio PID 2595. AVR is heard on the left side audio channel, and AVR2 is heard on the right side audio channel. Remember, both AVR and AVR2 are on Galaxy 19. Same network, double the choices. Hi, folks. I'm Alfred Adasker with Melody Cedarstrom on Financial Survival. Programs brought to you by Discount Gold and Silver. What's next, Melody? I just want to remind the ladies and gentlemen that are listening to the program to give us a call at 1-800-375-4188. You just mentioned that, Al. I just wanted to no, mention it again. I didn't mention I just said Discount Gold and Silver. Did you give out the phone number? Oh, see, mm-hmm. I wasn't paying any attention mm-hmm. to you. See, 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 see. Now, during, <laughs> I think during... you did. I just think you forgot. No, I don't no. think so. <laughs> I don't think so. See, during the break, Melody and I were talking, and uh, I started to say something. I said, oh, never mind. And Melody said, what? What? What were you going to say? What were you going to say? And I have learned. I really didn't have anything to say. What I have learned is the only way I can get Melody to pay attention to me is I have to, oh, never mind. Oh, no. What? What? What were you going to say? Come on, tell me. What were you going to say? All right. Otherwise, I, uh, I listen. Hmm? But I want the listeners to Visit our website, dgscoins.com, dgscoins.com. We've got some uh, great prices on all of our product. I'm going to update our comparison uh, on the $20 gold pieces for tomorrow's program. We'll have Wendy Wilson joining us tomorrow, and then we have James Corbett for Thursday, as usual. And um, what's next, Al? Got an article here from the Washington Examiner. Donald Trump beats Hillary Clinton in poll. And gets 25% among blacks. Survey USA has just come up with a national poll conducted September 2nd and 3rd through and 3rd, showing Donald Trump leading Hillary Clinton 45 to 40%. Now that's impressive all by itself. I mean, it's got to just break the rest of the Republican candidates' hearts. They're not even in a race, and this guy is already—he's not only beating them, he's beating Hillary. That's got to really get these people talking to themselves. But there is great significance My in this. My we'll dog Ruby we'll... could beat Hillary Clinton. <laughs> well, maybe maybe later. I don't know. Go ahead. Uh, and clearly, even, Clinton's un... uh, even as Clinton's unfavorables are going up, Trump's are going down. This is the first national poll showing Trump leading Clinton. But the biggest snooze in the survey USA poll, the results of non-white or people of color block, Against Trump, Clinton carries non-whites by less than impressive margins. Trump's name is supported is supposed to be mud among Hispanics, 
but he gets 31% of their votes. Among Asians, Trump actually has a statistically uh, insignificant lead, but a lead nevertheless of 41 to 39%. Among blacks, Clinton leads Trump by 59 to 25%, um, but that's a huge contrast with Barack Obama's margins of 94 are 95 to 4 percent in 2008 and 93 to 6 percent in 2012. I mean, blacks are usually almost universally uh, in support of uh, certainly a black candidate, um, a Democrat candidate. Um, in this particular instance, Trump is being he's making headway with 25 percent of the black uh, community, which is really pretty amazing. But then I have a second article on Trump, and this is where we get into a little more meat on this thing. And this is also from the Washington Examiner, and the headline is Paul Krugman Defends Trump Trumponomics. That's what they're calling it. Liberal, column, liberal columnist Paul Krugman has become an unlikely, albeit qualified, defender of Donald Trump. Trump, like the New York Times columnist wrote on Monday, is an unusual GOP presidential candidate in that he is departing from the party's typical stance on taxes and health care. Unlike his fellow Republican contenders, Trump has shown a willingness to raise taxes on the wealthy and has at times appeared favorable to universal health care. Now, Trump is being attacked for those stances by former governor, Florida Governor uh, Jeb Bush, who's trying to claw his way back to the top of the heap. But Trump doesn't yet appear to be suffering in public opinion. And that proves the GOP voters don't share the party establishment's economic delusions. This is, this is Krugman's argument. Right? Now, what this, this implies that the Republican Party, has been captured by oligarchs, well, the super-rich, and has adopted policies consistent with the values and interests of the super-rich. However, it also appears that the rank-and-file Republicans aren't dedicated to those policies that favor the super-rich. And that's why they don't mind Trump's attitude. Trump is saying we need to raise taxes on the super-rich. right? And he's one of them. And the people say, yeah, buddy, the Republican rank and file are in on this. All right. They are supporting Trump and Trump is committing a kind of heresy against established Republican policy and platform. Now, what this what this means, this this is important because it, it suggests that there is a, a, a division within the Republican Party. We've got platform and policy that the Republicans have embraced and supported and, and whatever for years, at least they gave lip service to it. And it turns out that the rank and file, they don't care about those policies. They don't mind if somebody stands up and says to heck with them. And if that's the case, now we're left to ask, what are the real values of the people who are members of the Republican Party? If they're not really, they don't really care about policies that favor the super rich and they're not absolutely opposed to, to universal health care, what is it that motivates them to join the Republican Party as, as opposed to the Democrat Party? 
Is it race, religion, work ethic, self-employment, unemployment? Are the rank-and-file Republicans simply sick of being sold out by Republican Party leaders? The article continues again. It says, Mr. Trump, who is self-financing, doesn't need to genuflect to the big money. And it turns out that the base doesn't mind. They mean the Republican base. It doesn't mind his heresies. And this is Paul Krugman writing, again, the Nobel Prize-winning economist. And he goes on, he says, this is a real revolution, excuse me, revelation, which may have a lasting impact on our politics. But I'd say, yes, indeed, Trump's previously unimaginable success. I mean, who would have imagined? Trump's only been in the race for, I don't know, six weeks, eight weeks. I don't know how long he's been in the race. (laughs) And he's ahead of Hillary Clinton already. Who would have predicted that 90 days ago? Who could have imagined it? His unimaginable success signals a revolution in the Republican Party. The rank and file are not supporting the oligarchs. The rank and file wants something other than whatever is best for the super rich. And Trump, one way or another, has managed to tap into that. This indicates there are big... Trump is not just about what's going on with Hillary Clinton. It's not just about what's going to happen in the 2016 election. Trump is showing us, I mean, he is a big man to be a canary, but he's a canary in the Republican coal mine right now, and he is telling us there are big changes among the people in the Republican Party, and these changes are going to be reflected. That rank and file is going to come out and say, this is what we want. I don't think we even know what the majority of the Republican Party, the member, the, the people who support the Republican Party, what are they want? What do they want? What, are, what do they hate about the Democratic Party? Why are they Republicans? And it's not because they're simply crazy about the policies Republicans have traditionally espoused, I say traditionally, for the last 10, 15, 20 years. There's going to be a significant change. What's it going to be, Melody? What makes what makes what really makes people want to join the Republican Party? What makes people want to join the Democratic Party? Well, they got no place else to go. No place to go. They probably couldn't read. They probably (laughs) couldn't read. They just stumbled into a Democrat meeting and they said, "Well, no, I I was forced. I was forced. I wasn't forced, but." I had to sign up as a Republican because I was, I had a non-affiliation for for years and I wanted to, you know, I wanted to do some, um, I think it was some sort of a primary in our local um, office. I can't even remember what it was. It it goes maybe 10 years ago and I wasn't allowed to vote. It was only for if you were a Republican, or it was strictly for the party liners. Well, if you're in the primary, and yeah. I wanted, that. but it, it was based on something to do with the community, and I wanted to vote on it. And it's like, no, I, I, I shouldn't be turned away for something that affects my community. So I registered as a Republican so I could have the, the vote. And um, so... I thought um, you women have had the vote for most of a century now. Alfred, mm. <laughs> do you think huh? that Bernie? What? Do you think that Bernie Sanders or even Biden 
to their Democratic Party do the same as Trump is doing to the Republican Party? No. Particularly Sanders as his proclaimed socialist. Uh, no, I don't think he's having. I don't think. I don't think. I don't see any evidence of any sort of a division within the Democrat Party that's significant on an ideological basis. But you know, when we pose the question, what is it that the rank and file Republicans really want? And one thing I'll say about the Republican Party is they have, throughout my lifetime pretty much, they have at least paid lip service to an idea of a kind of patriotic America. They have seldom supported that idea to any meaningful degree, but it's been a song they have sung for a long time. And I have a hunch maybe that's what the people who support the Republican Party really want. They want some sort of a return to a traditional America. And they're not... The party, I think, has just been captured by oligarchs where they run it the way they want and they do what they would they do. And, and Trump is showing, look, the rank and file don't want it. They want something else. I don't, I'm not sure what it is, but I think maybe they want a restoration. And Trump is coming in and he says, let's make America great again. And that's what the Republicans have been talking about for much of my lifetime, but they've never worked at it. They just talk about it, get elected, and then they take as much money as they can get, just like the Democrats do from special interests and, uh, you know, betray the American people. I think, I think the Republican base, I think they're saying maybe Trump is for real. Maybe he's going to try to do what's right for the country rather than what's profitable for special interests. Maybe that's what's motive. But there's a mystery going on here. There is a disconnect between the standard policy and platform of the Republican Party and what the Republican rank and file really want. And this is going to be exposed over the next months and year. And it's going to be something to see. We're going to learn something. So always in favor of learning, Melody. I like to learn. I'm not even sure the people with the Republicans really know what they want. I think I agree. I think the, the foundation of the Republican Party, I mean, I'm not a you know, political expert, I don't think the core, that part doesn't, people don't want it to change. Like you said, it's patriotic, you know, you know, apple pie and all this conservatives. Yep. I mean, it's conservatives. It's Christian. It's, it's the, the, yes. you know, that's what, I think people are looking for something, but I don't think they know what they want, what they need to be looking for. And I don't think Trump really fits what a true Republican or conservative wants. But yet he's saying a few of the things that make people happy. I'm not so sure if he actually got president, if he actually became president of the United States, I don't think people would be very happy with him. No, I think it's a thankless job. You know, I don't think... I think you've got to be a little bit crazy to want to be president of the United States. I think it's a mark of sanity that I, I gave up my dreams of being president. You know, every little boy can grow up to be president. Sooner or later you get smart and you say, no, nah, that's not for me. And I'm but not... Really, you and know I'm how not, many presidents we shoot in this country? And I'm not saying that he's, you know, that there's anything better than Trump. Yeah, that's part of the problem. You know, He may it, be the best we got. If for the moment he at least appears... 
I mean, who he says is the right person? things, but we don't know what he'll do. Well, I agree. I he doesn't know what he's going to do. No. He's going off into a world that he has not no, inhabited. He he's been peripheral to it, but he hasn't really been in politics in a meaningful sense. He's been out making money and cutting deals. He can take that same expertise and use it in the White House. But he's going to be on an Earn While You Learn program. You know, it'll be new, it'll be new for him also, but that maybe is a good thing. We've got too many people from the Republican and Democrat parties who have been there so long, they take it for granted, the system works a certain way, and it doesn't work for the best interest of the American people. But they just take it for granted, there's nothing that can be done about it. <laughs> and Trump, who's been described as a wrecking ball, <laughs> he's coming in and says, oh yeah, I think we can, I think we can make America great again. And the rest of them say, no, we've got to have a North American Union, and we've got to have more illegal aliens, We've got to take care of the super rich and destroy the middle class and send our jobs to foreign countries and whatever. Trump just seems to be thinking, I don't know, you know, I, I'm not going to argue that Trump is going to be the savior of the United States of America. But I certainly wouldn't argue it. You name another candidate that you think is the savior of the United States of America. Who else could be who is in the race right now? You know, who's not already contaminated by working in government for so long that you can't really trust him. The Let's only, take a the break. Only other one, the only other one would be Ben Carson. And I think well, Carson, yeah, but he's not in politics. Yeah, that's right. He's another one coming yeah. in from the outside. Yep. And the politicians say, what are you crazy people doing trying to elect ordinary people to be in positions of power? We're the official politicians. We're the habitual and uh, even generational. Our, our fathers were politicians. We're politicians. We own this country. We get to do what we want. Maybe not. Maybe we the people should still have a say in what's going on in Washington. Let's take a break for some commercials. And Melody and I will be right back on Financial Survival. Please stay tuned. condition and emergency rooms and medical doctors are not an option, you need our emergency heart attack kit. Five concentrated liquid formulas enter the system in 60 seconds to protect your heart muscle, strengthen heartbeat, increase circulation, relieve pain, and make breathing easier. When seconds count, you want all the help you can get with our emergency heart attack kit. Easy to use and portable in a one-pound compact kit for your purse, briefcase, or car. Call Apothecary Herbs now for your emergency heart attack kit, toll-free, 866-229-3663. That's 866-229-3663. International callers dial 704-875-8010 or order online at the 3 wsthepowerherbscom Prices have increased over 40%. Energy prices have increased over 20%. Wheat and gas prices have increased over 70%. What's going to be next? 
Do you see these trends reversing or even stabilizing? All fiat currencies have always failed and collapsed their economies on their way down. The Roman Empire, China, France, Argentina, Finland, Mexico, Russia, and Zimbabwe all tried fiat currency and all collapsed into chaos. Meanwhile, the dollar has lost over 97% of its gold value since 1971, when an ounce of gold was valued at $35. If your assets are in paper, you are in danger. Protect your assets with gold and silver. Visit Discount Gold and Silver Trading at DGSCoins.com. That's DGSCoins.com or call 1-800-375-4188. That's 800-375-4188. Protect yourself and your family. Hi, folks. I'm Alfred Adisk. I'm here with Melody Cedarstrom on financial survival. What's next, Melody? I Just to finish up Trump, then we'll move on. I just wish he would say something to, you know, if he's trying to improve our economy, if he's trying to make America great again, what is it that's going to make America great again? Well, maybe get government off. Other than back. just deals. You know, well, maybe get government off our back. I mean, prime, well, the no, problem is he needs to sit. You know what? He doesn't say he needs to go just a step further. <laughs> to me, he's just a salesperson at this point in time, and that's okay. But just go a step further, other than making America great again. We're going to build a wall. Those are all things I agree on. Don't get me wrong. But um, you know, hey, when you're making a deal, and my question is, hey. If he, he if he needs to make a deal to bring business back in the, into this country, does that mean he's going to go along with the North America with the North American Treaty? No, I don't think so. Well, has he said it? No, he hasn't said it. Well, um, hasn't said it. I, you know, Trump is in some to, to significant degrees in over his head, as is anyone who who assumes that office. You know, they, they they have questions um, when Trump is on these panels and they ask him about foreign policy and he tries to avoid the question. But nobody knows, right, what difference does it make if he doesn't know anything about foreign policy? I don't have a problem. Because it is constantly shifting. Whatever foreign policy was last week, what has that got to do with what it is today? Wasn't that why you have other offices and you have your generals and everything else? I mean, that's right. You know, somebody you, comes up and says, "Here's the problem we have, absolutely. and we need yeah. somebody to make the call. Do we go right? Do we go left? Up, down? What are we going to do here?" Trump doesn't need to know all this stuff, and no man can know it all. I mean, what does Obama know? What did George W. Bush know? They managed to get through the presidency. All right, without completely destroying the country. The question is, you have people come in, they present you with they present you with information, and if you can trust them to give you the correct information in the first place, then you can make a decision, and anyone can really. I mean, if you're capable of making decisions in your life, as usually, you know, if, if it's a normal part of your life, if somebody comes in and says, "Here's what we got. On the one hand, we got this. On the other hand, we got that. What do you want to do?" Make the call. Trump can make the call. All right? 
and he'll learn from them, you know. But anyone who goes into the White House, it is a learning experience for anyone. And no one completely masters it. You can't in this day and age. It may be that once upon a time, you could be president of the United States and you knew everything you needed to know to be president. Not today. That isn't even possible today. No man can do that. No woman can do it. Nobody's got all of that information. You get in there and you do the best you can. And, uh, you know, it, it, it might be better if it was a different way, but th- that's the way this strikes me at this point in time. As I was saying earlier, though, you know, you've got to be a little crazy to run for president. It's my understanding that we shoot one president out of every four. Statistically, we shoot one out of four, and we actually kill one out of every 11. This is a dangerous job. I mean, you got to give anyone. I don't care. I have, I have, my opinion of the last two presidents is generally contempt. But you got to give them a certain amount of respect. They're taking on a job where they have a chance in, in four of being shot and a chance in eleven of being killed. It takes a certain amount of, you know, you got to, you have to respect that. For anyone who gets into that office, this is dangerous business, and uh, you, know, you have to at least give them respect for that. They're willing to they're willing to endure that level of danger in order to what show yeah. up to the girlfriend back a high school girlfriend or uh, I don't know. So they can make millions after four years. It's a gamble. Hey, I'm going to make they, it four years so I can get out of here and be. Become a billionaire. Get all kinds yeah, of you got it. They'd walk out, know, out of the White House. All they have to do is show up for workout anymore. They're only, they're only puppets. I mean, I would think... In that regard, those, that's true, and Bill Clinton admitted that. I mean, I would think that those stats would be more... Uh, um, cred- you know, would mean something more maybe 50 years ago. I mean, but today's, the, the their ability, the... You know, the, with technology, I mean, they're far more protected today, and uh, they're puppets. You mean and, against, yeah, protected just, against assassination? Yeah, yeah. I'd say that's probably true. So I, I would, true. I would think that those, you know, stats just cannot be current uh, up to today. But um, and they're puppets anyway. Well, that's again, Bill Clinton. He made the comment. After he was first elected, he said, you know, you spend all your life trying to get elected president so you have real power and you get here and you find out you're still taking orders from somebody else. I mean, he got in the White House and it turned out he was a puppet. Surprise! Guess what? You thought you were going to finally be able to pull the strings? Uh Uh-uh. The strings are still pulling you. You know, and Trump may not, it, it may be, overly optimistic or naive to suppose that Trump isn't going to have his strings pulled when he gets into the White House, if he gets there. But there is a possibility that Trump is not a puppet. And in fact, you have to presume he's not. I mean, well, you can't necessarily say that for the rest of the contenders, or at least the the professional politicians. If they're not puppets, they're certain willing, they're almost certainly willing to be puppets in order to get into the White House. Trump may not be a puppet. That might not be a bad thing, you know? Even if the man makes some bad calls. 
it may still not be a bad thing to put somebody in the White House who is not a puppet. All right? And let's, all right, fine, let's take our chances. Let's vote for them. All right? Let's take a shot. Let's be Americans again. And instead of being puppets, we'll be Americans. We're going to stand up. We're going to do something, do what's right for the country, do what's right to restore the middle class. Have to start somewhere. No, I agree. You got to take that shot. You have to take that, uh, you know, it, it, and the other alternative is if that doesn't do it. Well, then, then what are you going to do? Are you going to sit back and allow this nation to be destroyed? Or is it time for a shooting revolution? And there will be people considering that question. If Trump turns out to be a failure or whatever, somebody else is elected and the country keeps going downhill, there are going to be people that are going to consider that option. Wow. I don't know which one that we they're going to choose. I don't know there will be a lot of people who choose the violent solution, but there will be more and more people who will consider it. Well, I think there will be other sorts of unrest prior to that point. But, um, I mean, like if you look around this country and see and just the, the violence, just it, it just amazes me. Well, that's, it just, that's, 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 I'm surprised we didn't get it sooner. True. Because the country has been in a state, we have been in a recession for really since 2008. 2001. Well, maybe we, you can trace it back yeah. even further. And the truth is, some studies indicate that the average income in this country hasn't increased since the 1970s. We're not more prosperous. Mm-mm. We don't know the American dream is dying. The American dream is that each generation would live better than the previous generation. That's not true right now. No one really expects the next generation to live better than the current generation. Nobody's even considering that possibility. Our standard of living is declining. And that inevitably creates financial stress that drives people to violence. I think a lot of that violence and a lot of the stress, although was I think was covered up for a lot of years, and it's so big now, and um, it, it's well, it's, it's coming out. It's, it's coming. becoming yeah. blatant. It's becoming blatant. We've had blacks that are there have been blacks on the internet that are claiming they're going to start hunting uh, white policemen. Um, you know, it's one thing to see violence. It's another thing where people are brave. Out of Colorado. It makes people, you take it a lot more serious. Out of Colorado, it didn't have anything to do with black or white. It was just about, you know, if they see a single, and I don't even like talking about it on the radio, because certainly don't want, but uh, uh, if they see a single police officer, he's history. Well, that's, a, that's, that's in Colorado, and it's... it's it, this is what happens when people get... They don't have enough work. They don't yep. have enough money. Exactly. Um, they can't afford to feed themselves and their kids, and they can't afford to pay the mortgage on the house or the rent on the apartment or whatever it is. It makes people crazy, and they start looking for someone to blame right, for their troubles. And not many of us will take personal responsibility for our troubles. It's a lot more convenient to blame the Republicans, blame the Democrats, blame somebody. Right. And if you blame them enough, maybe it causes you to do act out against them in a way that's not just, you know, complaints, 
but actual violence. But it's not rational. Right? It's not completely irrational, but it's not rational. It's a reaction to poverty you know, or a declining standard of living. And it makes people grumpy, Melody. Yes, it's it like does. like waking them up in the morning and they, hey, wake up. I'll leave you alone. Pretty soon they start shooting. Well, they just leave him sleep. He sleeps with a six gun. Don't wake him up, you know. Well, so, yes. What have you done? How was your summer, Melody? Went by very quick. Yeah, no, they go quicker every year. They used to but, last forever, and now they, uh, now they go pretty fast. But I did see something on watching the news. There was a commercial. And I cannot believe that there is a program coming out November 5th of this year. And it's called Angel from Hell. And I believe the person, I only got a quick view of it because I couldn't believe what I heard. I believe she is the, um, I think she's, she's a lesbian, the one that plays the angel. And I'm thinking to myself, Al, <laughs> it's done. I, I just couldn't believe that something like this is being aired, prime time, yep. beginning November 5th, and... I was just shocked. Well, that's what makes people watch. You know, I mean, this is part of, uh, you know, shock jocks and the rest of that sort of thing. you got to shock people to attract an audience and hold them and but sell I, stuff. But I see it as another attack. I agree. On Christianity. I agree, and they know that. And they I don't know attack. if they really are attacking Christianity or they're just trying to fake an attack no in order to it. attract attention, put eyes on the product. And hopefully increase sales. I don't know. Hard to I think know. I have no. Coming from Hollywood, I have no doubt they they know exactly what they're doing. I don't know if they do. Again, they're they're stressed. Everybody's under a stressed. You know, things yeah. are not. I won't say everybody, but a lot of people. I'd say a majority are a little more concerned and a little more wary than they would like to be. They're sitting back and wondering. Uh oh. Maybe this thing is going to, you know, it's not just a handful of people that listen to this radio program and are concerned, <coughs> excuse me, and are concerned about what's happening potentially to our economy and the country and so on. There, there are people who don't talk about it, don't read books about it, and yet they are concerned. Something's wrong. And that mentality you know, it's conducive to maybe violence, shock. I don't know, but people are worried. People are worried and concerned, and, you know, we'll watch and see where that goes, but what this country needs is some serious stability where we can sit back and be pretty much pretty well assured that whatever we had yesterday, we're going to have tomorrow. And six months from now and a year from now, except maybe we'll have a little bit more. Things will go up. Things will get better. It doesn't, it's not like that right now. The most we can expect 
is it won't get any worse. And some people think it is going to get worse, so we'll watch and see. Um, again, we live in interesting times, you know, and they're going to be more interesting. And this 2016 election should be fascinating. I'm Alfred Addis here with Melody Cedars from On Financial Survival. I want to thank all of you for listening. We'll be back tomorrow. In the meantime, the good Lord bless you, me, Melody, and Frank, the producer. Bye-bye. Galaxy 19 at 97 degrees west, transponder 23, frequency 12115, audio PID 2595. AVR is heard on the left side audio channel, and AVR2 is heard on the right side audio channel. Remember, both AVR and AVR2 are on Galaxy 19. Same network, double the choices. Countries have denied Internet access for their people during civil strife. The FCC seized in-use commercial shortwave frequencies right after the September 11th attacks. No one communication system can be depended on to be there when you need information. You need choices. You need a KU band free-to-air satellite system from AVR. The AVR system includes a receiver, an LNB, and a 75-centimeter dish. All you need to get on your own is the coaxial cable. The system is delivered to your door for one four. That's right, delivered for $149.99. That's the shipping and the system, $149.99. Call 541-225-4659. That's 541-225-4659. Or visit AmericanVoiceRadio.com and click Satellite System. Can your family survive a food shortage lasting two weeks, six months, or maybe longer? Sound far-fetched? We live in precarious times. There is an ever-increasing possibility of food shortages caused by terrorist attacks, natural disasters, truck strikes, or monetary collapse. You owe it to yourself and family to prepare, and you can by getting a supply of our long-storing, freeze-dried, dehydrated foods. Our foods are time-tested to store for decades, require a minimum of time and energy to prepare while maintaining superior nutritional value, freshness, and taste. Our foods were designed for the space program and are in constant use today by our own nuclear submarine service. Contact the Freeze Dry Guy today at Freeze Dry Guy at Lancet.com. That's Freeze Dry Guy at L A N S E T.com or call 530 265 8333. 530 265 8333. And let them know you heard it on American Boys Radio.
What makes deep sea salt from France so different? Up from the ocean depths in the south of France flow undersea rivers of pristine sea water. At high tide, the prepared salt ponds are filled with this water. Over spring and summer, processed only by ocean breezes and sunshine, the brine thickens and salt crystals float to the top. These are harvested with nets and deposited on wooden drainage flats to dry. The salt is then gathered up, packaged, and shipped around the world. This salt is much more than a box of lifeless sodium chloride. Soldiers worth their salt were once paid with this valuable commodity. It contains 78 to 84 balancing elements. This is living salt, and once you have tasted it, you will never go back to anything else. I've seen this salt in gourmet shops for $30 a pound. Get it now at 4spectrum.us for under $8 a pound. Order 10 pounds and enter the coupon code AVRSALT at checkout and save $20. Ships free to your door or call 800-581-8906. Order today. Fighting soldiers from the sky. Fearless men who jump and die. Men who mean just what they say. The brave men of the Green Beret. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back from Labor Day. And uh, welcome back to the program. If you took a holiday off, we uh, had a good program yesterday, which we did Friday and Thursday, talking about uh, secrets. And we got up uh, basically through Ronald Reagan. Today, I need to bring you up to speed uh, and that won't take too long on uh, important items of the news. First of all, uh, the Senate is back in. Now, tomorrow at 6 p.m. Uh, Eastern Time, Obama speaks to the nation. And uh, the next day, the House of Representatives uh, comes uh, back in. And so uh, things will get moving. And remember, by Thanksgiving, there has to be a trillion. Now, that's a, a trillion, a thousand billion, which is a thousand million, has got to be cut from the budget, or there will be automatic uh, reductions and a lot of programs that uh, may include entitlements, military, uh, this kind of thing. So better that we cut out the discretionary items that the president uh, now is funding and has gotten him $3 trillion uh, basically in the hole. Now, we had Rit, uh, Mitt Romney, who is speaking today. Mitt Romney uh, got the jump uh, on uh, both Rick Perry, basically Huntsman, and uh, the President Obama. Mitt Romney today had a nationwide uh, talk over Fox where he presented a 59-point re, 
birth of America's economy. Now, he has a 160-page book. He mentioned uh, that it is in paper uh, bound. You'll probably be able to get it almost anywhere, especially through the Republican Party. He also mentioned that uh, you can uh, go through you know, these computer books and uh, you can pull it down in color on the computer books. And it has all of the Romney 59 points. Now, among the 59 points, uh, he has five executive orders that he said he would issue on the first day. And he has five congressional actions that he would send over to Congress on the first day, all designed uh, to uh, stimulate our economy. Now, John Huntsman is also on the air today, critical of his brother Mormon, Mitt Romney, about the reality of uh, Romney's jobs. Now, many of the things that Romney covered, basically the 59 points, five uh, executive orders and five legislative uh, bills, make sense to me. I'm not sure uh, that Congress would allow him to do it or that uh, even the gatekeepers uh, to his own administration, meaning, the, as Ollie North put it, the shadow government would allow it to happen. They have uh, their agenda for the United States and not uh, uh, even the great white horse moment, uh, Mormon uh, prophecy will interfere with that. Of course, they're on the dark side, and it may just be that the force uh, will be for right. God knows, time will tell. Anyway, John Huntsman is critical of Romney, uh, saying that he can increase jobs uh, to a uh, high degree because uh, he said what he did when he was Massachusetts governor, is that uh, he just created government jobs, which everybody knows the taxpayers have to pay for. So that's uh, Huntsman's uh, shot across the bow at his Republican uh, brother. Now, uh, Rick Perry, who actually is the PAC leader right now, he waited late, not as late as Sarah Palin. She's still waiting. But Rick Perry did not announce here until recently. But that gave him a jump on everybody that had basically been in a horse race, one leading, then the other, then the other. Michelle Bachman uh, took the Iowa uh, debates. And so Rick Perry leaped in there after Iowa, and he has uh, shot ahead by good measure. Right now, he is leading the Republican pack for presidential candidate. Mitt Romney is uh, second. And uh, you might say that John Huntsman uh, is third. Perry, like a good governor, is headed to Texas. 
because there are horrific fires. Now, I have uh, mentioned to you about the wildfires in Texas uh, throughout last week. Anyway, these wildfires uh, are uh, devouring hundreds of homes. The wildfires are burning homes near Austin, the state capital, and Houston, the Bush state capital. And uh, at uh, Bastrop, Texas, B-A-S-T-R-A-P, there has been uh, 500 homes burned to the ground since Sunday. Now, you may say, my gosh, that is awful. Well, in California, remember, they had fires also going wildfires. There now have been uh, 800 800 homes that are threatening to be burned, that are being threatened. 800 homes hasn't been burned in California yet but they may very well be burned because of uh, the problems of firemen trying to contain them up to this point. And so uh, it is very serious, and Rick Perry is doing like he should. He's headed for Texas, and it is uh, almost irony because it's like a one-two punch with the weather, uh, we have these hurricanes on the eastern coast and tropical storms. And we had the tropical storm Lee. We have a now a hurricane that's Category 3 uh, that is out there that's more oriented toward uh, the eastern seaboard like Irene. And uh, what's left of Lee... And what uh, is coming of the new hurricane is uh, dumping more and more water on already saturated ground. So uh, it's interesting how God is uh, seemingly presenting us uh, with the different elements, among them chief, fire, uh, water, (laughs) <laughs> and uh, Earth with the earthquakes, of course, that happened in Washington, D.C., all the way up to New York uh, earlier. I mean, and you might uh, call it air, since uh, these storms uh, you know, are formed uh, by air that is savagely uh, whirling around to uh, present tremendous rain, and winds over 100 miles an hour at targets uh, on the ground. So uh, I don't know how much spirituality there is in this, but I do know that, uh, as it comes to mind, uh, Second Chronicles uh, 7.14, if my people, which we are God's people, 
God gave us this great nation. God divorced his people that were of Moses' time. And uh, as you came all the way up, uh, just after we had David, we had Solomon as kings, uh, he divorced uh, the northern ten tribes during uh, Solomon's son, Nahaboam. Solomon had died. Nahaboam had taken over uh, the, the tribe of Judah in Jerusalem. And at that time, Jeroboam was king of the ten northern tribes, and God just uh, completely divorced them. They had changed his feast day. Friends, in 325 A.D., the feast days were completely done away with by uh, this uh, emperor, Constantine's uh, man-made religion. He was a sun worshiper. He appointed the papa in Rome. He appointed a papa. Uh, in Istanbul, Constantinople. And they did away with the Sabbath. They have done away with all of God's feast days. Now, God has divorced uh, those people that he had before given protection and great favor Remember when God spoke to Moses as they were getting ready to go into the promised land? Moses wasn't able to go. But God said, I have chose you. You have not chosen me. And those that you will enter their lands are far greater than you. This is all in the Torah, the first five books of the Bible. God said, do not have anything to do with these seven tribes. And he names them. These are the tribes of Satan. These are the, the tribes that came from Cain. He said, if you intermarry, if you do business with them, if you have mercy on them, they will steal your birthright and completely corrupt you. Friends, that's exactly what Israel did. And so when you look at us with all of our tolerance and all of our freedom of religion and uh, the swans giving way to the geese, and the geese saying, well, make way uh, for uh, the ducks. And the ducks saying, well, us, you might as well bring the chickens. And they have fouled our homeland. They have stolen our birthright in as much as we have won turned our churches over to the IRS. If your church is 501c3, then the IRS controls your church 
regardless of what the First Amendment says, regardless of what uh, the uh, liberal lawyers and media says about church and state, that only applies to the Christians. But we have to embrace every other religion. We have to give special service. The president now will participate in a day of prayer for those who uh, are not of God and yet turn his back and say, America doesn't need a day of prayer. Rick Perry had a day of prayer. I was glad to see him do it. Now, it says, and I, God is not a liar, in Second Chronicles 7.14, that those who are of God's chosen, we are, obviously we are, by the good fortune that we have. It isn't the devil that gave us America. It's the devil that will take our birthright away. And so if we will repent and come away from our wrongdoings, God says he will heal our land. This is why I say that Ron Paul, for example, is a man who could save the Constitution the Bill of Rights, could save America. He knows what to do, and if God would protect him, that he would live long enough during his first administration, I believe that a man like Ron Paul would do them. But Satan controls this earth. It doesn't seem like it makes any difference whether it's Republican or Democrat. They're equally evil. They wouldn't even let Ron Paul come to the grand old party convention. What do you think they're going to do this time? Now, we look at Rick Perry, and we say, well, look at this good man. He's held a day of prayer. But then there are others that say, by their fruit shall you know them. Look at what Rick Perry did. Before he was a Republican, he was a Democrat. And look what he did. These things are not right. Well, let's look at Mitt Romney. You think he can beat Obama? You say, well, look at his run as a governor, great state of Massachusetts. He's tall, rich, good-looking. Look how he made his riches. Are you going to think about uh, John? That is he going to? This is Obama's man in China, John Huntsman. Is he going to beat Obama? You know, will the subordinate uh, win over his superior, his master? Think about these things. As we come to a point where America is going to make a decision, Sarah Palin still hasn't tossed her hat into the ring. 
Sarah Palin cannot win this election by herself. We must, one, choose the right. I can guarantee you something. If you stand in the middle of the road, like saying, well, I can't uh, support Ron Paul or Sarah Palin because the media is all against them, the Republican Party uh, don't like them, uh, and... uh, Uh, geez, I don't know if they could beat Obama. I guarantee you something. You stand in the middle of the road, you're going to get hit by traffic traveling both ways. You've got to make a choice. You've got to make a stand. And you know what that stand should be? It really is fairly simple. What is right? You know, because God says... uh, And he doesn't just say it a few times in the Bible, that there's a time when you won't need a preacher to explain God's word and law and God's will and his mind. You won't have to explain them to people because God will have put all of this in their hearts, in their minds. They know what God is. And so I personally believe that there are a good many people in America who have this gift, this grace of knowing what is right. Sometimes we call it a consciousness. Well, if you can tell yourself, I don't know what to do, then get on the middle of the fence. There will be plenty of them riding the fence with you. But if you do know the right, then choose the right, and then stand for that right, and then let God. Let God, and then be amazed. Praise God for what he's done. But don't ever think that, well, uh, uh, Ron Paul and Sarah Palin, they couldn't beat uh, Obama and uh, Mrs. Clinton. You know, you choose the right, then you leave it up to our maker. And our Creator doesn't make junk. He made you. Now, you are like him in a way. You have the ability to create government. Don't make junk. And he will be pleased with you. And if you will consider him and you will recognize him as the creator, then he promises to heal our land. I like it. That's where I'm throwing in, right there. Now, in uh, Carson City, which uh, Reno is not the capital of Nevada, 
Las Vegas is not the capital of Nevada. Carson City is the capital of Nevada. There was a lone gunman went into an IHOP in Carson City uh, this morning, and he wounded six people and killed three. Now, he turned the gun on himself. It's very interesting because five of the people were in uniform as National Guardsmen. Now, we don't know. Police don't know yet. Why would this single gunman, and if they give a Muslim name, now we know why he did this. Now we know why he could turn the gun on himself. Otherwise, it there's so many weird things going on that as part of the secrets, I uh, need to get into uh, what was Alan Dulles's favorite hobby. Alan Dulles was an OSS operative John Foster, the Secretary of State under Eisenhower, uh, was a brother. Uh, Alan Dulles was the real first director of the CIA. JFK fired Alan Dulles. Now, this was one of the capital reasons for killing JFK. I gave you the name of the person who was in command, control, and communication uh, of the CIA for the overall operation, Edward Lansdale, a hero. I'm ashamed to have to soil his name, but it is the truth. And the truth uh, is a pearl of great price. And so there were, you need to read my book called Serve, uh, there were Hospitals set up in Canada. Uh, there were different medical facilities that Alan Dulles established just for mind control. Now, a lot of this, and you've seen the Manchurian Candidate. Unfortunately, the Manchurian Candidate is a true program. And uh, a person, I can prove it to you, can be made to do things that they would not do normally and follow up like turning the weapon on yourself once you see what you have done. All right, we're going to have to put this one on the rack for just a few minutes. We've got American Voice Radio that's got some important announcements for you. And so stand by. Freedom Call will be right back with you.
Whether using your cell phone for business or staying in touch with family, your cell phone use is increasing. Use the Wave Shield, developed for ultimate cellular protection. The Wave Shield blocks, reduces, and deflects up to 97% of the radiation from entering the soft tissue of your ear. The Wave Shield, made of a patented mesh material, is proven and tested to block radiation without affecting reception. Order your Wave Shield today for only $19.95. Did he just say $19.95? Hey, times are tough, so American Voice Radio Network is cutting the price to $17.95. That's right, $17.95 plus mailing. You can protect yourself, family, and friends from cell phone danger to your inner ear. $17.95 at TheAmericanVoice.com. That's the superstore at TheAmericanVoice.com. $17.95 plus mailing. Order now. There are nine kinds of water. Hard water, raw water, boiled water, soft water, rain water, snow water, filtered water, deionized water, and distilled water. Only one of these kinds of water is good for you. Distilled water is water which has been turned into vapor so that all its impurities are left behind. Then, by condensing, it is turned back to pure water. It is the only water which is pure. The only water free from all impurities. The choice is clear. Dr. Alan E. Bannock. Order your tabletop water distiller for $139.99. Postpaid. It comes with everything you need to get pure distilled water. Go to superstore.theamericanvoice.com. That's Superstore.TheAmericanVoice.com Order now. Countries have denied Internet access for their people during civil strife. The FCC seized in-use commercial shortwave frequencies right after the September 11th attacks. No one communication system can be depended on to be there when you need information. You need choices. You need a KU band free-to-air satellite system from AVR. The AVR system includes a receiver, an LNB, and a 75-centimeter dish. All you need to get on your own is the coaxial cable. The system is delivered to your door for one of four. That's right, delivered for $149.99. That's the shipping and the system, $149.99. Call 541-225-4659. That's 541-225-4659. Or visit AmericanVoiceRadio.com and click Satellite System. What makes deep sea salt from France so different? Up from the ocean depths in the south of France flow undersea rivers of pristine sea water. At high tide, the prepared salt ponds are filled with this water. Over spring and summer, processed only by ocean breezes and sunshine, the brine thickens and salt crystals float to the top. These are harvested with nets and deposited on wooden drainage flats to dry. The salt is then gathered up, packaged, and shipped around the world. This salt is much more than a box of lifeless sodium chloride. Soldiers worth their salt were once paid with this valuable commodity. It contains 78 to 84 balancing elements. This is living salt, and once you have tasted it, you will never go back to anything else. I've seen this salt in gourmet shops for $30 a pound. Get it now at 4spectrum.us for under $8 a pound. Order 10 pounds and enter the coupon code AVRSALT at checkout and save $20. Ships free to your door or call 800-581-8906. Order today.
second part of Freedom Call on this uh, Tuesday. Now, I want to remind you that uh, we have 9-11 coming up. 9-11 was uh, just as bad as the Japanese bombing Pearl Harbor on uh, December 7, 1941. And we, a lot of people, remember Pearl Harbor. I think it uh, is a good idea if we bring our flags to half-staff on 9-11. A lot of people aren't alive. I was uh, in, on December 7th, 1941, uh, I was two years old. So I was just toddling around. But on 9-11, I wasn't a prophet, but I knew exactly what was going to happen. And as I saw the armored vehicles pouring in CS gas, I told my wife, they are going to either blow that place up or burn it down. That CS all travels on a tiny little particle about the size of uh, a bit of Johnson's baby powder. In Special Forces, uh, we have a soapbox bomb that we use for large areas that are covered by uh, roof and walls and... uh, when they, we call it a soapbox bomb, we mean just that. Uh, you buy a plastic soapbox container, the little one that fits a bar of soap. Now, you put your explosive matter, usually C4, uh, in the bottom of that. You prime it uh, any way that you would like, either to go off by command detonation Uh, which you could prime either electric or non-electric. When you say command detonation non-electric, that actually means that you cut a fuse uh, that you know that the fuse burns at 50 seconds for a foot, and so you can control the time of the blast. Uh, There are many ways of, uh, of detonating. You fill the box then, the other half of the box, full of Johnson's baby powder, the uh, maker of choice. And you uh, wrap this up like in duct tape. You place it. It's very small so it can go easily. It could have been snuck in uh, to any hangar or a large assembly hall. Uh, like in the rotunda of the Capitol building. And uh, then when you detonate it, the explosion uh, sends these tiny little particles into every square inch of the opening. And uh, then, if you want to burn it down, uh, you have a thermite. If you want to blow it up, meaning literally take the roof off and the walls down, then you just use the high explosive 
You don't have uh, any napalm or thermite, and it the power wave of the explosion will be magnified and ride along every one of these little particles, which means there's this huge boom. And to give something that you may be familiar with, especially if you live in West Virginia, is coal mines and explosions in mines because of just dust. When that dust is so fine, and when it covers an entire breathable area, and there is a spark, that's where you get the explosion. And so I was uh, mentioning about these uh, National Guardsmen that were in uniform, that were having a meeting uh, in IHOP this morning uh, in Carson City, Nevada. When a lone gunman enters, he opens fire. There are three killed. And uh, five of these people are, uh, that are that are shot are National Guardsmen in uniform. Now, the gunman turns the gun on himself then. And so uh, there may be a logical story that will develop from this that uh, maybe it was a friend of a National Guardsman they're getting ready to deploy. The friend uh, had had a, a visitation uh, from an angel of light uh, telling uh, them they, you know, not to do this. You never know. But I'm giving you the Alan Dulles solution. And I'm giving it to you because... America is at a time of greatest danger. Now, it's of great danger right now because, one, the holy month, 30 days that it took uh, the prophet Muhammad to copy down what Gabriel told him. He went to Medina. He started writing. That is what Ramadan is. It's the most uh, pious 30 days in a row that the Muslims have. They're supposed to fast and pray all day. And uh, so a lot of people lose weight. But in Saudi Arabia, it was my personal experience that what they did was that uh, they slept all day and they partied at night and feasted and laughed, and uh, so it. Uh, I wondered myself, where is the solemnity? How how are they being solemn? How are they fasting? How are they praying when they sleep all day? Well, September 11th was the day that Osama bin Laden's Al Qaeda, which none of them were Iraqi, and so the president. That was Bush Jr., mini-me, lied to us about weapons of mass destruction and uh, Osama uh, and uh, Saddam Hussein uh, being part. We have to get even, all this kind of stuff. That was crap. Those people who uh, were at the mindset of 9-11, 
were primarily Saudi Arabians, our good, good friends. Now, it is a time when individual Muslims may choose to offer up their life to Allah and claim his promise that they go straight to heaven where there are buxomy, doe-eyed women waiting for them. Now, I'm not uh, making fun. These are the words of Muhammad. Now, I'm not going to say they're the words of Gabriel because, very frankly, I believe God has a sense of humor. But I'm not sure the sense of humor extends to buxomy, doe-eyed women. But I'm here to tell you, because those are exact words out of the Quran. So I'm here to tell you that uh, for a clever, manipulating mind to choose some way to motivate these poor Bedouin tribesmen that had been uh, most of their life under the wrong end of a southbound camel, what better way to do it than put it in the Quran? If you die in a jihad, you go immediately to heaven where there are buxomy, doe-eyed women to wait on you. I can imagine some young man who has had to repeat over and over, even more than the Sahidic uh, Jews, then the Orthodox Jews who have to learn the Torah. The uh, Quran is the size of the Torah. And uh, during Ramadan, there are nine-year-olds who stand before television cameras uh, in Saudi Arabia, which Mecca is located in. And they do nothing but recite the Quran from the first page to the last. Now, this takes tremendous study and commitment, dedication. And so you now get these people who don't really truly understand the Quran. They read these passages. They are like good Catholics, maybe. They let the leaders give them the gospel. And then they follow what their leaders or what the priests would say. And so this is a good, what I'm telling you is, this is a good time for them. Now, how is it that people can be motivated? Well, I've just told you, one, if you have a mosque, and in that mosque you have a young people's uh, quorum, and in that young people's group, you speak to them of these uh, extreme, ultimate passages in the Holy Quran. And that's all you speak to them of. And then you, if you've read any of the works of people who have documented Alan Dulles, the director of Central Intelligence, uh, during the, the period of Eisenhower. And uh, Alan Dulles, uh, you know, that guy was an OSS operative. 
uh, when they started the CIA uh, after World War II was over, Harry Truman was head of it, uh, and it was meant, I mean, they had a uh, an acting director, but Alan Dulles was the first full-time director. And then JFK, this demo rat, see, his uh, brother was John Foster, Republican, Secretary of State under Eisenhower. He fires Alan Dulles. Here is how, I'll just tell you right now, here is how you get people to do what they wouldn't normally do. And here's how you get them even to destroy themselves where normally they would never do that. First of all, let me give you just this example. Let's say that you uh, have somebody that you consider a role model or a mentor. Now, this person is talking to you. And to help you to more carefully see or understand the point, the person says, why don't we just turn the lights down? Why don't you just make yourself comfortable, loosen your belts, uh, slip out of your shoes, uh, just let your arms uh, lay naturally in your laps, and they are relaxed. Now, there are formal stages uh, if you, uh, I mean, I am a certified uh, hypnotist, master hypnotist, and hypnotherapist. That is the high, those are the three uh, grades under the labor department. I've been an instructor of hypnotherapists. I've had this training, and it is of great use in the intelligence business for all kinds of legitimate things. But I'm showing you, because just like a sharp dagger, it cuts one way to kill, it cuts the other way for things that are good. And so you can relax a person and tell them that uh, they are going to uh, slip into uh, a nice warm bath. Well, now, when you go in your bathroom, especially if you're in a bath, you're very vulnerable. So naturally, uh, you can be suggested that you secure all the doors, that you take the telephones off the hooks, that you turn off your cell phone, that there's no way that anyone can disturb you. Now then, as you prepare to get into this bath, and a lot of people think you have to be that hypnosis is sleep because the word hypnos means sleep. But that's because there was a fellow when Dr. Braid first demonstrated hypnosis to the medical board in London, England, a doctor stood up and yelled, uh, that and exclaimed, that is hypnose, meaning that is sleep. Well, it is, it appears to be sleep, but you have never been more alert in your entire life. 
your senses can be increased up to 2,000 times, meaning feeling, smelling, tasting, hearing. All are capable of being enhanced. Now, if you are going, and can you be uh, walking around with your eyes open and yet be deep in a hypnotic trance? Yes, you can. Very simply. As a matter of fact, in the L.A. School of Hypnosis that I worked at, having been trained in other places for this kind of, uh, of talent, this kind of weapon, if you will, I required my students to stand on a street corner in Los Angeles and hypnotize subjects and have them walk down the street with all of that noise. You can be on the battlefield. And it's a good place because if someone is shot or their bones are broken, uh, you can cause them to come away from the battlefield. All pain would leave their body. You can control all of these things. So it can be a marvelous tool. It can also be a tool of an assassin. And let me give you the example. If you were given the suggestion to take a nice warm bath, you wouldn't get into the bath dressed. And so if you are a proper young lady at all, you would not get undressed in front of someone who was just an associate or maybe a mentor. Getting undressed in front of somebody is very personal uh, type relationship. But you would do it. Now, could you be made uh, to think that you were walking down a seashore when actually you're walking down a hall in a 10-story apartment building or on a cruise ship? Could you be made then uh, to think that you were walking down uh, this a sandy beach, and walk right over the rail to your death? Could you be made, uh, like I demonstrated uh, with my mother, Samantha, when the children, like every morning, would ask, Granny, Sam, you want a cup of coffee? On that morning, at those key words, Samantha Turby, very intelligent woman, made the statement, no, I'd rather have a good cigar. And at that point, no other suggestion being given, she came out. She had, at those words, gone into the post-hypnotic trance. She carried out the suggestion. It could have been to have taken an instrument that she thought didn't know it was an automatic pistol and to go in and uh, to locate these people that are in uniform and to squirt them with this uh, device, which would make them divine or give them protection. You never, I mean, there's any number of suggestions. Anyway, things that happen like this make me wonder. Now, it's no question you have this major who's a psychiatrist uh, there in Texas 
he shoots all these people because he wants to give himself up in a jihad. Well, he's not dead, and the army still hadn't court-martialed him. And they should certainly have. My point is that be very careful during this period of time. And if this person, if we find out that they have an Arabic name, now we have, but what we need to learn is, is there any special conditioning? And you know, I've been to the FBI Academy and uh, given them terrorist classes and other instruction, and this is something that I haven't taught them, and maybe I should, so that they would know to be on the lookout. And all you need is for them to see one of their uh, high uh, supervisory agents uh, being made to do things that uh, the agent isn't aware uh, is stupid. And then all of a sudden, you can substitute things like pulling a trigger or things like detonating a bomb uh, when uh, the people might not do this otherwise. Let me give you some figures real quick. 6,234 American servicemen dead in Iraq, in Afghanistan. If they don't, if they get out of there alive and are evacuated to Germany, they're not counted. They have to die there in those godforsaken countries. Iraq and Afghanistan, 6,234. And that doesn't count Somalia. It doesn't uh, count Libya. It doesn't uh, count Yemen, which were fighting wars in all of them. The price of gold today is $1,878, down $22. The price of silver today is $42.14 an ounce down 76 cents. Now, there's a a lot of things that uh, we should talk about, by the way, as long as we're mentioning that. The Dow is down over 100 points as we start uh, this uh, day after Labor Day. And uh, the net jobs gained for August, for the whole month of August, is zero. We didn't make one job. And uh, James Hoffa Jr. stood up before the Teamsters in Detroit where Obama was going to make a speech and said there are people who don't want Uh, our president to succeed, and uh, he said, let's take the bastards. He's talking about the Tea Party, and I'm using his words so that you understand that here is a man who is leading one of the largest labor unions, and he says, let's take the bastards out. Now, he spoke that in front of the Teamsters, and the people that were there to hear uh, Obama. And they also yell things like, to hell with the debt ceiling and the debt. Let's just 
com, uh, concentrate on jobs. All right. There's all kind of people out there, friends. We need to do things to save America. Make up your mind today or get on the way to it. I'll be here with you tomorrow, God willing. Stay with American Voice Radio. Upon their chest These are men America's best One hundred men We'll test today But only three When the Green Beret Trained to live Off nature's land Countries have denied Internet access for their people during civil strife. The FCC seized in-use commercial shortwave frequencies right after the September 11th attacks. No one communication system can be depended on to be there when you need information. You need choices. You need a KU band free-to-air satellite system from AVR. The AVR system includes a receiver, an LNB, and a 75-centimeter dish. All you need to get on your own is the coaxial cable. The system is delivered to your door for $149.99. That's right, delivered for $149.99. That's the shipping and the system, $149.99. Call 541 541- Two two five four six five nine. That's five four one two two five four six five nine. Or visit AmericanVoiceRadio.com and click Satellite System. Food prices going up, homes being foreclosed, unemployment insurance running out, jobs leaving the country. Many people cannot afford to eat or keep a roof over their head. Too many can do. Messiah's Branch has a mission church in Wichita, Kansas that helps the victims of this banker's economy, the American people, your neighbors. The mission is the last hope for so many Americans. We need your help to lift up the poorest of the poor. These are men, women, and children who once had homes, now in the street. They all need what you need. First aid, beds, food, clothing, and so on. You can send a monetary gift or a box of necessities to 230 West 4th Street, Florence, Kansas, 66851. Or donate online by going to wichitahomeless.com. Or simply call 316-619-4886. 316-619-4886 Studies have shown that the farm soil we get our vegetables from is dead, meaning it is depleted of minerals. Sulfur is a mineral. Sulfur has been depleted from the soil, which means most people have been depleted of sulfur. Sulfur has been found to transport oxygen throughout the body. You need oxygen. You need organic sulfur. American Voice Radio Network has organic sulfur. 
Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com and then to the Superstore to order your organic sulfur. It's your choice. Do you want to feel better or not? Don't forget to tune in to the Sulfur Hour Plus One on AmericanVoiceRadio.com, Thursdays, 6 p.m. Pacific. Shanahan. You're listening right here on the American Voice Radio Network, and I want to apologize up front if the sound is kind of awkward. Frank and I just had a discussion. Uh, I have no internet. I'm actually doing this over a phone. So, in my headphones. Uh, so, I hope that the, the audio is good. I'm trying to kind of keep up with uh, the chat room somewhat. Anyway, uh, in the beginning of my show, I like to post the, the link for how to donate to this network, and I did so. Uh, you can go to that link, and it's very simple. Secondly, I posted the link to my website, irish684.com. Uh, I have a new article on there that I posted, and it's uh, actually the subject of my first topic, and that is the 14th Amendment. And it's relevant. Uh, it's, obviously, it's relevant as to what's going on, in the, not only in this country, but in the world. And I'll get into that later on. First off, I subscribe, and I've been accused in the past, and, I, and I've been ac- always accused of just, like, being too black and white. I don't see gray. I'm too absolute. And I get criticized for it often. Uh, and, I, and, and I'll take them to heart. You know, I'm, I'm, I can take corrective criticism, but I, I've capitulated my whole life. I have, you know, I, I, I'll... I'll draw a line in the sand, and oh, that's that's too hard, Jay. And okay, I'll I'll step back, Kathy. How's that? No, a little further, a little further. Well, in any case, with anyone, you're only going to back up so far. And I just kind of wanted to put that as some framework, because I really do see things in black and white. And I think that more people need to, because there is a difference between right and wrong. There just simply is. Okay, now. The 14th Amendment. And if you go to my blog, and please do, go to my blog. The first article on there is about the 14th Amendment. And, you know, there's some other talk out there now, and I'll mention a name. And, and I, it's my belief that Aladask is, is brilliant, and I would never speak of it, uh, ill of him at, at all. The guy is he's, he's brilliant. 
but mention about the 14th Amendment. And look, the 14th Amendment is, you know, you just just read it for yourself. It's, it's, pretty, it's pretty clear. And here's the thing. I don't believe that illegal aliens, when they cross this border, when they have children here, I don't believe those children are automatically citizens because of the 14th Amendment. Now, just be, you know, just that alone, for me, to within that, and there are valid arguments out there as to the ratification of the 14th Amendment. Now, I'm not going to get into them. You guys can look it up for yourself. It's real simple. I just Google it. There are uh, valid arguments as to the validity of the 14th Amendment. But having said that, just look at the, the text itself. A, a, a rational person would agree that that's not what the 14th Amendment means. It doesn't mean that, you know, that invaders from Mexico can just, you know, flood our country and then have 14 babies apiece, and the next thing you know, they're citizens. That makes no sense. And if it happened in the beginning, I would say that if it was like somebody slipped and maybe didn't catch it, somebody should have caught that uh, more sooner, because we haven't caught on to it yet. And there's all this argument to the contrary. And I think Al himself has even said that the 14th Amendment makes them citizens. I can't say it emphatically enough. I completely disagree. It's, I think that the, he's misreading it. Let me uh, pull it up. I don't have the text of the 16th Amendment, or I'm sorry, the 14th Amendment. Uh, let me pull it up. Just give me a second here. Uh, I not only, like I said, I don't have Internet, so I'm using, uh, using an iPhone as a hotspot on, for, my, for my laptop. So, uh, yeah, so... Let's see how that goes. Maybe you guys can let me know in the chat room, you know, how things sound and if I'm, you know, coming in or if it's all grainy or, or what. But uh, like I said, in my – hold on, guys. In, in my headset, it, it sounds okay. Here we go. The 14th Amendment to the Constitution now says it's ratified on July 9th, 1868. But, again, there's a lot of argument out there. Uh, against that. All persons born or naturalized in the United States. Well, that's the wrong text there. But I think it goes on to say, I can't exactly what I'm looking for. Bear with me, guys. Bear with me. Anyway, let's see. I know, dead air. Persons born or naturalized in the United States and subject to the jurisdiction thereof. And here's here's where I have a problem. All persons born or naturalized in the United States, okay, fine, and subject to the jurisdiction thereof. Well, illegal aliens are not subject to the jurisdiction thereof. They're not here legally. How can they be subject to any jurisdiction at all? That one uh, part of a sentence alone to me, no one voids them. And it goes on to say, it goes on to say, our citizens of the United States and the state wherein they reside. And you can read the rest of it. But again, I'll just read this first part again. All persons born or naturalized in the United States and subject to the, juris- to the jurisdiction thereof. Okay, I'm not a constitutional lawyer. I'm not a lawyer. 
I'm not a constitutional scholar. Alien. Here illegally, hence illegal alien, be under the jurisdiction of the United States when they're not here legally. Therefore, how can their children become automatic citizens? That's insane. That's just insane. I just thought I'd throw that out there. I, the article that I wrote, it, I put a lot of effort into it. It's, I think it's very good. Uh, go there, read it, leave some comments. You guys tell me what you think. And, you know, like I said when I started off about the 14th Amendment, about how it's not only just affecting how it's we're allowing, well, Constitution is pretty much null and void, and that's something else I'm going to get into. I guess I can just get into it right now. Uh, there's, and again, it's from Alan, and again, Aladask is very, he's very brilliant, and his his theory, his philosophy is sound, and I, it's, it's intriguing, and it's as far as like this state or that state, or are we like in a territory, or are we in a state of a union, or this or that? And it's all, like I said, it's all very intriguing, and it's very thought provoking and and well thought out. But at the same time, and I've emailed back and forth with him on this. Here's the thing: if that's the case, if we're not like really the states of the union anymore, and we're or like in these uh, like uh, military districts or federal territories or this or that. That's not, not what we were sold. By any stretch, that's not what we were sold. And so I don't subscribe to that, the Constitution. And look, it's not complicated. I mean, it was really written so anyone could... Uh, you know, could read it and, and you know, and, and understand it. It wasn't written in all this legalese, like subsection one and, and, and you know, section two and with all these Black's Law type terminology and just, you know, complicated, you know, text to read. The, the Constitution isn't like that. I think that was done on purpose. It's very simple to read. It's very matter-of-fact. It's Simple. The text is very okay. You can read it. Yeah, I can understand that. You know, a truck driver down the street like myself can read that and go, yeah, okay, I can read that. Like Congress shall, you know, have power to enforce this article by appropriate legislation. That type of text is very easy to understand. It was made simple for a reason. It was meant so everyone could understand it and everyone had, you know, the opportunity to, to understand it. And it's not complicated. And so, again, it's not what, you know, if, if, it, if we're operating under something differently now, that's not what we were sold. And if, and if look, if we allow them to, to uh, you know, have us operate under those conditions, then that's on us as citizens. Act and go, well, you know, they think it means this, and, and we think it means this, and it looks like it means that, but they're smarter than we are, and so we're just going to let it go. Hey, uh, wrong. How irresponsible is that? Well, it's pretty irresponsible, folks. I keep saying it. Every week I come on here, and I keep saying it, and others do as well. When are we going to wake up and say, you know, enough's enough? Hold, pick this document up and read it. And it's not that hard to understand. I don't, I, I don't mean to, to be redundant. It's not that hard to understand. Make 
them understand it. They swear an oath to it. Now, if they're swearing an oath to another document or to another set of rules, then we don't know about it. And again, that's not what we've been sold. They run, they campaign, they get elected on one premise. And how many times do you hear, you know, they're, we're going to constitution and we're going to follow the law and the founding fathers and there's all this tripe that they put out there. And I don't know. I don't even know if people buy it anymore. I don't even know if people even pay attention. Obviously they don't because they say one thing and then they do another. Well, I'm one that says, well, wait a minute here, buddy. Wrong. No, what you just did there was unconstitutional. Like what the Supreme Court did. When has the Supreme Court ever been able to make law? When has the judicial branch ever been able to make law? They don't get to make law. They're the judicial branch. That's what the legislative branch is for, to make law. But we let the Supreme Court steamroll us, and some woman named Kim Davis of Kentucky is paying the price while she may have been released from jail, but she was jailed for defying a judge, not for breaking a law, for defying a judge. Something that was done by the Supreme Court, which was unconstitutional. And we just, well, it was celebrated, and people just seemed to let it go. And it boggles my mind on one level, and on another level, it angers me. I was going to say something else, okay? It something me off, greatly. And it should do the same for everyone else. We have to start making them do what they're supposed to do, whether they want to or not. And there's another part of this document called the Declaration of Independence that maybe folks should read it. And there's some text in there by whatever means necessary. And Frank points out often in the Oregon Constitution that it says much, there's much that same language. And I would be willing to venture that that language is in each and every state constitution, because those constitutions, these state constitutions, were written a long time ago, back when this, uh, this country was a moral and just country, and we were a moral and just society. But, I mean, the, 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 the vast amount of pervasive filth that just fills this country, I mean, it's like this huge, immense black hole of filth that this country has become. And nobody pays attention to anything. We have a 14th Amendment. Nobody pays attention to it, or they misread it. I'm sorry, but it, they're misreading the 14th Amendment. I'll say it again. I'll only say one part of it. And subject to the jurisdiction thereof. How can somebody that's not here legally be subject to the jurisdiction of the Constitution or of any state constitution or laws within a state? They're not here legally. So it doesn't matter what they do. It doesn't matter who's born here of them. They're illegal, too. And I would scoop them all up. I would round them all up and put them on a bus, give them a backpack, the one that they came here with, and send them back across the border. And then after that, I would take drastic measures. I've said it before. That's the only thing that's going to change what's going on, the invasion on our border that is happening at our border. And the Republicans aren't going to change it either. Trump has already kind of backpedaled, saying, yeah, we need to have a path for... Look, man, they want them here. 
Okay? And here's the thing. They may already have enough of them here. They may already have enough of them here already. You know, they claim that the numbers are between, like, 12 and 14 million. I haven't looked for a time because it's really probably three times that. It might even be four times that. And how do I know this? Well, because I'm, I can see. You know, when I wake up in the morning and I open my eyes, I can see. That's how. Operate on that? Can you expand on that? Yeah. Before, like when I would go down to Southern California, that's all you would see. And you still do. Mexicans everywhere. And the, 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 you, gotta, you have to assume that the vast majority of them are here illegally. Okay? Okay, I, I see that. Used to be, like when you were, say, like in Maine or Vermont or New Hampshire, that you didn't see them. Well, now, when you wake up in Maine or Vermont or New Hampshire, you do see them. Okay, Jay, what's that supposed to mean? Well, uh, Southern California is very close to the Mexican border. Maine, Vermont, New Hampshire are not. How did they get up there? Well, that's because there's so many of them that they're everywhere now. Hence, I can see. I see them everywhere. Everywhere. You go to any small town and you will find enclaves of these people. Look, diversity and multiculturalism are are plagues, I mean absolute plagues, to a nation. And that's just a fact. Anywhere, anywhere that you have uh, rampant multiculturalism and diversity, the next thing you have is mutual bloodshed. That's, that's it. We were never meant to live together like that. Now, I live on a street that's mostly white families, but there are uh, two black families that live on this street. And I'm friendly with both of these families. Joe, uh, the old guy, he's retired master sergeant from the Army. He drives by often, and he'll stop, and we'll talk for 20 minutes. That's different. It, you know, back in the, like the old days in the, in the inner cities, in the 50s and the 60s, and I, look, I'm not going to go into all that. There was Jim Crow, and there was this uh, forced segregation. Look, listen, man, look, you know, when, when you had Joe, the black guy that worked at the steel mill, and you had Jay, the white guy that worked at the steel mill, they were friends, same shift. And occasionally I would go to the bar with Joe and have a beer where he lived in his neck of town, all blacks. You had the black barber, you had the black uh, uh, shoeshine guy, you had the, the, the black little uh, uh, soul food restaurant, there was a little record shop, and they knew me. They saw me with Joe. Hey, Jay, how's it going? I go into the bar, and they knew, hey, there's old white Jay, and we go back and forth, and, you know, they'd, a couple guys would buy me a beer. But you know what I did at the end of the night? I went home. Now, the same thing with Joe. He would come to my neck of the woods, and there's old black Joe. Hey, how's it going? Hey, man, don't you play any of that, you know, whatever on the jukebox, man. We're listening to Merle Hagger right now. And he, they would laugh and buy him a beer. Joe at the end of the night, went home. We had our own neighborhood that we went to, home to, and those neighborhoods thrived. They thrived. That's just a fact. They thrived. Then what happened? Well, the multiculturalists, the cultural Marxists, they just couldn't handle that. So they had to get in there and muck it all up and force us to live together. Then what happened? Mutual bloodshed. Oh, imagine that. Big surprise there. Now Joe and I don't talk anymore. Well, we kind of do. Our kids beat each other up. 
and our kids murder one another, and and are and are in jail individually. That's what happens. Thanks, Marxists who have who are continuing to destroy this country and this nation. You cannot have a nation. Number one, you can't have a nation if you don't have a common language. We certainly don't have a common language. You have to press one for English. That should tell you all you need to know. That should be like a, right there. Ding, 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 ding. Oh, wait a minute here. Something's going wrong. Something's wrong. That, right there. That should ring a bell. But it doesn't ring a bell to people. It just boggles my mind. Anyway, that's the first thing you need is the common language. And, again, you can't have all of these masks. Because, look, again, now let's go back to Joe. Uh, and Jay and the the, the, the cultural Marxists forcing us to live together. Now, at first, you know, we do so. But here's the thing. Some, there's somebody always, there has to be a compromise. Why? Well, because we're not the same. And this is where the, the, the cultural Marxists will leave you a racist. What do you mean you're not the same? What are they, animals? And what are you trying to say? No, dummy, that's not what I'm trying to say. I'm just saying that we're, it's obvious that we're not the same. We're different. Different bad? Well, maybe different bad on some levels on both parts, but just different. We're culturally different. The whole way around, our brains are not the same. We're different. How, how, how else do I need to say that? And then so what happens is you have to start making compromises. Well, eventually, somebody doesn't want to compromise. And what happens when somebody doesn't want to compromise? Well, the other side calls you a racist, or they, or the other side uh, will uh, firebomb your your house uh, to take it to another extreme. Look, man, it, it doesn't work. It, it hasn't worked. It's never going to work. And to be a bleeding heart and to say, "Oh, can't we all just get along?" That's that's moronic to think that. Look, it's the thing like uh, uh, the definition of insanity, it, hitting yourself with a hammer and expecting the same results and whatever, that whole, whole definition. It, it's insanity, folks, to think that, you know, the path of which we're looking, we're, and I even hate to, I don't even know why I go on and on, because it, it might, in fact, it, it might already be over. I mean, there may be too many of them here now that, Right now, uh, you know, the only thing left is to, well, you know what to do. And it's going to happen whether or not I want it or not. And I don't want it, actually. I would rather it not be that way. And it's not me. It's not you guys that are forcing us there because that's where we're going, guys. Okay. Uh, Like I said, whether we want to go there or not, we're heading there. Violence that you see over there, it's, well, it's happening here. But see, we just have Dancing with the Stars and what's the other one? Uh, American Idol, you know, and, and all these, all these moronic reality shows and, and all this sewage that is on TV that keeps people entertained and amused. Like, like some kind of a, a like some kind of a, a, a drone, some kind of a, a non-thinking, some kind of a, explain it, that you, you could sit there in front of your television and be entertained 
by that. I mean, actually entertained and left. Ha, ha, ha. I look at it, and I'm like, I'm revolted. I'm like, revolted. I'm like, my face turns a, a different way. I'm like, holy moly. What the? What, what is this? I'm like, right away. But most people, ha, ha. Oh, isn't that? Oh, there, look at Miley Cyrus. Isn't she so cute? What is it with her? What is it with her? I mean, I think, well, we attracted. And I'm not digressing for a moment. But I think the only real talent that Miley Cyrus has is her almost near ability to lick the back of her neck with her tongue, or at least the back of her ear. She is, she's a tramp. Simple as that. But people are entertained. They're amused by her. Oh, ha, ha, ha. Isn't she? No. That's a revolting bass right there, man. That's our society in a nutshell that we put somebody up like that. It's unbelievable. If she got ran over by a truck tomorrow, man, to that. Look, uh, we're getting close to break. I hope everything sounds okay. I haven't been into the chat room. I'll go there during break because I have a hard time keeping up anyway. Uh, and then we'll move on to, to something different. Uh, actually, I'm going to continue on with this, but in kind of a different light, the same uh, kind of topic. So, Anyway, I don't hear the music queuing up yet, so I guess I'll just uh, keep talking. There we go. We'll see you after the break.
Since the beginning of the United States, kings have sought it, nations have fought for it. It has been traded, borrowed, purchased, and stolen. There is a reason for it. To secure the blessings of liberty to ourselves and our posterity, invest with the security of gold and silver. Call Discount Gold and Silver Trading at 1-800-375-4188. That's 1-800-375-4188. Listen to Financial Survival with your host, Melody Cedarstrom, on American Voice Radio Network and Shortwave Radio. Visit DiscountGoldAndSilverTrading.net or call 1-800-375-4188. That's 1-800-375-4188. For the very best in gold and silver trading, call toll-free 1-800-375-4188. That's 1-800-375-4188. Call now. Job stress, financial obligations, or relationship problems have you feeling stressed out? When life is too much to handle, use Apothecary Herbs Emotional Stress Formula. Feel calm and more in control with herbs especially combined to provide the organic nutrition your system needs to help you cope. Complete instructions for maximum benefit and a money-back guarantee. You've waited long enough. Call Apothecary Herbs now. Toll-free 866 229 3663 that's 8662293663 international callers dial 704-875-8010 or order online at the 3w.thepowerherbs.com Studies have shown that the farm soil we get our vegetables from is dead, meaning it is depleted of minerals. Sulfur is a mineral. Sulfur has been depleted from the soil, which means most people have been depleted of sulfur. Sulfur has been found to transport oxygen throughout the body. You need oxygen. You need organic sulfur. American Voice Radio Network has organic sulfur. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com and then to the Superstore to order your organic sulfur. It's your choice. Do you want to feel better or not? Don't forget to tune in to the Sulfur Hour Plus One on AmericanVoiceRadio.com, Thursdays, 6 p.m. Pacific.
That was abrupt. Welcome back to the second part of Condition Critical. I'm your host, Jay Shanahan. It is 38 minutes past 3 o'clock, Tuesday, September 8th. Uh, you're listening on American Voice Radio. Again, go to my website, irish684.com. Lots of uh, good stuff on there. My latest article, what I was talking about in the first half, about the 14th Amendment. Uh, and there's others. A lot of good stuff on there. Okay. And I'm going to kind of continue on with that, and I'm going to kind of expand this globally. I mean, you know, look look at what is, ha- is happening. Look at what is happening in this nation, once great nation. And I, that, that's kind of been something that I, I don't know if I coined that phrase, but I've been saying it for so long that I'll just take it as my own. I, I, don't, I call this a once great nation. Any longer we've been turned into something different. You know, we... Uh, well, Patrick Buchanan once said that we traded our republic for an empire, and we have. Okay, and so we we don't we don't have a nation anymore, you know, because the the powers that be don't they can't have nations. They, anything that involves nations or nationalism, well, they're opposed to that. Now, that's like poison to them. So now let's expand this globally. Recently, you know, in the last few years, let's say decade even, over in Europe, there's been a rise, has there not, in nationalism. There just has. So I wonder why that is, really, to quash that type of, uh, you know, that type of movement. Well, kind of what they're doing here. Now look what's going on over there. Uh, All these Syrian... Refugees, which, by the way, if any country should be forced to take these Syrian refugees and and forever else they're from, should be the United States, because it is the United States government that has displaced those savages with the military. We we go back, we go over there, we, we just bomb individual regions, you know, way further back into the Stone Age. We displace people. And now, and where are they going to go? They, they can't go home. We, we blew up their grass hut. So where are they going to go? Well, they're being, and look, you got even, you got the Pope. Well, because he's part, you know, that whoever the Pope is, they're part of the whole global new world order, powers that be, structure, mechanism, if you will. So they're, hey, man, they're, they're telling these European countries, Germany and France, man, you got to take these. You got to take these people, man. You got to make room for them. That's look. I mean, you know, if they're just there stopping by, and you know, you got to like maybe give them like a glass of water or something. You know, I'm humanitarian in that sense. You know, but then it's like, okay, now you got to run along. <laughs> I would tell them, you know, here's a table. It's kind of we got lined up with some bottled water and and maybe some crackers or whatever. Uh, but you got to keep moving. Come on, keep the line moving. Keep going. You know, they don't speak English anyway, and they would never have any intention of learning it. So they're going to be jibber-jabbering to you. But, hey, man, you got to be right there uh, with, with the butt of a rifle. Move along. Move along. And you got to go somewhere else. But, no, they're parking themselves. They're parking themselves right there. What better way to stifle nationalism than to flood the country with people that don't belong there. Well, next thing you know, it's not their country anymore. It's something different. That's my point, people, of what's going on in this 
going on globally. We got to wake up to the fact that this kind of stuff is going on, and we can take back our countries. We just have to have the courage. We have to have the intestinal fortitude to do it. Like I said, nobody wants to be without running water. Uh, nobody, you know, wants to to be without, you know, being able to go to the grocery store and and to maybe, you know, and come home and maybe watch something decent on the television, which obviously there's nothing decent on, but maybe if we lived in a moral and just society, there would. But in order for us to get back to that, to that level, to that, you know, state of being, that, and what I mean by that is, you know, living in a, in a stable, moral, and just society, we have to, we got to, we got to pick up the ball, guys. We got to start making our politicians either either abide by the rules, and that's like I said in the beginning, they haven't changed them rules. Yeah, they might. And and and, and look, if they got their own rule book or their own playbook, well, too bad, too bad. And you know that that shame on us for letting them operate with their own playbook because that's what they've been doing, obviously for, what, the last probably 75 or 100 years, or at least the last 25 or 30 or 50, right? How hard would it be? It, it, well, it, won't, it wouldn't be that hard. That's, the, that's, why, that's why I get so frustrated, is that we're just willing to say, well, they're not going to, uh, you know, you're not going to change anything, and, and they're not going to do anything, and, oh, but, boy, don't you like what this guy's saying? And I'm going to harp on Trump because everybody seems, and I mean no disrespect to anyone out there, but I've said this before. It doesn't matter what he's saying because he's lying. So what difference does it make? It's, like I said, I think last week or the week before, what if he said, hey, I'll give, if you like me, uh, I'll give every citizen uh, a gajillion dollars and, and, a, and a gold watch. He's not going to do it. I mean, that might sound good. Hey, cool, man. Cool, I could use the money and a watch. You bet. But he's not going to do it. And just every election cycle, from top to bottom, it's gotten so pervasive. And it didn't used to even be this way, where, you know, now the larger cities have really fallen to that whole mindset, as the federal government has. But I'll just go to smaller towns. I grew up in a small town. You know, it used to be that your politicians kind of worked for you. You know, there you did have somewhat of a representative government in, a, in the smaller towns. Back when I was young, and I'm 51 years old, so I'm going to say, you know, before I went into the service, certainly, and certainly after I got out of the service, I mean, I, you know, I, my experience was in the small town where I was that, you know, you could call the mayor, and if there was a problem and things would get done. Or I remember one time I had a problem with my driver's license. Uh, and in Pennsylvania, they didn't have these little agencies like they do here in Washington, these like little driver's license, you know, kind of, uh, well, I live in Washington. I don't know if Oregon has them or, but in Washington, you can go like to these different little places to, you know, get, take care. It's like a department of licensing or so forth. Pennsylvania, you had to go to Harrisburg. It didn't matter where you lived. And I lived quite a distance from Harrisburg. You had to go to Harrisburg, and I've had to go there once or twice. And you had to stand in these, like, these, these unbelievable 
long lines. And it's funny because it, it's really no different than the smaller, like these department licenses where you'll have like 12 windows, but like only one guy working, you know, and you have like a room full of people and it's, you know, you're there all day, pick a number. And it's like, wow, okay, I'm going to be here all day. Well, it was no different. This department, this, this huge department licensing building in Harrisburg was it's just an immense, enormous building. And they were like, I'm going to exaggerate because I don't remember. It was like, there was like about 200, 300, 500 windows, right? But they were all closed. There was like maybe three people working. And then you were there all day. So anyway, I digress. Anyway, I called my state representative and I went and, you know, back then there were no faxes and maybe there was, I don't know, but you went and had made copies and, okay, this is the document they needed. And you would take it. I went uptown, uptown, you know, to the, my local representative's office and gave them the documentation. They, what was his name? Jess Stairs was his name. And he was a Democrat. And he would walk it through. I mean, and boom, next thing you know, and it wasn't instantaneous, but it was quicker. It was within a, a matter of a couple of days as opposed to several weeks. And, you know, I was after I got out of the service, I was a truck driver. And so during that period, I, I couldn't drive for a couple of weeks because of a, a problem with my driver's license. And it wasn't anything big. It was like over, they sent an unpaid ticket from the state of Maryland, which I had, which I had paid, but they never got the documentation in any way. My point is, is that we had a representative government, at least in the smaller towns, back then. Nowadays, we don't, even in the smaller towns. Now, I live in a, a fairly large city, Washington, about almost 90,000 people. And look, man, uh, we don't have a representative government in, the, in this city. The city of Lakewood, completely unrepresented, un, unrepresentative government, completely. I posted an article almost in the beginning on my blog about <clears throat> here back in the summer when the, the PGA, the Professional Golf Association, came to town with the, uh, the, the big event called the, U, the U.S. Open. And what this city did unilaterally is they commandeered the largest park in Pierce County to use as a transit center, a parking lot, if you will, for people. And it was chaos. It was absolute chaos. This was almost like an 800-acre park. It was packed with cars. It was, it was obscene. And, and, look, I was not only offended, but I was really Okay, PO'd about it. <clears throat> and I got into a couple of confrontations over in the park. I mean, with State Patrol and everything. That's who I am. I don't just sit back and just gripe about it. Always be heard. I, I told them what I thought. And what, I told them what I thought, you know. And I went around asking others. And they felt the same way. One guy that I see in the park... And I walk in that park every week, two, three times a week on my days off. And I see this guy. We wave, and we, we rarely talk, but on this occasion we talk. And he's an older fella, and he was really somber about the whole thing. He's like, man, this is, this is crazy. He said, this is, this is absolute crazy. I can't believe this, that the city would do this. I said, dude, let I me mean, call City Hall. I mean, I did write a letter, do something. And he, I mean... What could they have done or something? I said, there's an industrial park on the other side of town that's near, that's probably at least the size of this park and is like 95% bacon. Well, they could have parked them there 
on concrete instead of on the grass all around the park here. And they could have charged them five bucks. Why didn't they do that? I don't know. Why didn't they do it? Well, they didn't. I said, what about City Hall? City Hall's got a huge parking lot that is nearly vacant, except for the, the, the few uh, fortunate ones that can park in the, the parking lot. So why didn't they park them in City Hall parking lot? They could have parked them there and charged them, but they didn't do that either. No, they chose to invade a public park. They chose to invade a public park unilaterally, because I called the Parks Department, too. She's like, oh, we had a vote. And I said, who had a vote? Was the public invited? Well, I said, who, under whose authority? Well, the, I said, wrong, lady. That's not your park. You don't get to make those decisions. You just don't get to do that. Well, she hung up on me. But now I was kind of a couple of inappropriate words. But at the time, they were appropriate and well-deserving, by the way. We don't have a representative government anymore. And to think that we're going to get a representative government, folks, by just electing the same old people. Look what these two clowns, Hillary Clinton and Barack Obama, have done just over Labor Day. Barack Obama coming out against the Republicans. Now, look, I don't know what the Republicans' problems are with unions, but they've been having problems with unions for a long time. And, look, I've been a Teamster for nearly 25 years, and I know the problems that can happen with unions, but I'm a good union person. I'm a good working man. I'm not one of those lazy stiffs. And a union are are only what the people in that union are. So I, I just never got, you know, I think the Republicans are really dropping the ball on, on, on the whole uh, union kind of support thing. And I'm not going to get into that right, you know, in, in detail right now. But just the things he came out with. He said, here's some quotes here. I have a, he's like, he's like the GOP is treating American workers like a hostile workforce while looking out only for the rich. You mean like you, Barack? You mean like you? And Hillary Clinton, I can't find her quote, but it was so ridiculous, much along the same lines. Well, look at this. This is a quote from her. Get this. Hillary said this. She says, she says, quote, I'm going to make some employers go to jail for wage theft. She said she was going to make some employers go to jail. Hillary Clinton said that. This from a person who should be underneath a jail. This is what I mean. We're, we're thinking, people think, they actually drive around with bumper stickers with Obama and Hillary Clinton and Bernie Sanders, and those are the people on the, on the left, and that's where they belong, because those are flat-out, hardcore Marxists. But then on the right, you have people, well, you know, like, uh, I won't really put Trump there, but you've got Scott Walker and that whale Chris Christie, you haven't heard much of Marco Rubio or Ted Cruz. I don't know what's going on there. I don't care for either one of them anyway. But look, they're no different. They're not going to represent us. Jeb Bush, really? You think Jeb Bush cares about a working man? Jeb Bush wouldn't know a working man if he tripped over one. And that's the only time he would know of a working man or a working woman. And it would be an illegal alien. It would be probably his, uh, his groundskeepers or his, his maids, his house servants. Come on. These people wouldn't know working people. Hillary Clinton has never worked a day in her life. Jeb Bush has never worked a day in his life. To think 
that those type of people can represent us is completely insane. Completely insane. And look, I don't, like I said, I don't want things to go south. I don't want there to be a shooting war. But that's what's happening. What other way are we there? Look, they're not going to take no for an answer. They're not going to take changing things, starting to, to abide by some rules, starting to make things smaller, not big. You know, the federal government was never meant to be our government's responsibilities, again, are clearly defined <clears throat> and clearly laid out. Excuse me, drink of water. Clearly laid out in the Constitution. But they choose to blatantly ignore it. It's obscene the way they ignore it. And they laugh. They just, they look, they laugh in our faces. And for guys like me, that doesn't sit well with me. That just doesn't sit well with me. I'm expected to obey by the rules. You know, if I drive down the road 75 miles an hour and 35 and get pulled over, you know, I just can't hey, hey, whatever. But that's what they do. Not the same. It's more complex than that. No, folks, it isn't. No, it isn't. I'm probably not as a huge a supporter as the, the Constitution as I would be of the Articles of Confederation. But that being said, we only have the Constitution. That's what we have. That's what we were sold. That's what we bought. Is it not clearly laid out? Is it not clearly defined? Is there anything in the document itself? And you might be able to point to maybe something, but I, honestly, I don't think so. It's clearly laid out. It's pretty easy. Okay, yeah. Yeah, okay, there's, yeah, that's pretty good. And now I'm kind of paraphrasing here just to to kind of simplify things. I don't need to read it. I shouldn't have to read it to folks. Everybody should know it. But it is pretty laid out. Yeah, look at that. That's, yep, okay, nope, they can't do that. Simple. But they just go, ah. And it's not just once. It's not just twice. And it's not just uh, for about the last three weeks. It's for about the last six decades or more. And we're just going to, we're just going to what? Do we really care? That's why it, 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 it offends me, but it more humors me when I see the people driving around with the don't tread on me, the NRA bumper stickers, and, and I'm a patriot, and take my guns from my cold, dead fingers. <laughs> Whatever. Whatever, dude. I don't. Okay, if I like, oh, I were to buy a used car and never stickers under, I either wouldn't buy the car or I'd get them stickers off of there. Okay, unless you mean it. Okay, and even then, that's what it's coming down to. And it's really, it's really a simple thing that we need to do. It's a very simple thing that we need to do. The first thing we need to do is shut off the television. Okay, come on, man. Grow up. Things are bad. We ain't got time to watch TV and watch football. We ain't got time. That time certainly has run out. It it, it just has. We're down to brass tacks now. We can't do this any longer. We can't play charades with these criminals any longer. I'm looking at a picture of Hillary Clinton right now as she made that quote. And you should see her. She's got her finger 
With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. <laughs> 